Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 419. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being, and maybe it's not even happening this week, but it's the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we're looking forward to coming out September 2nd, 2020. 2020, the year that just should stop giving. Uh, and then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look back at the DC fandom event that just happened. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will have been probably about like a week and a half later. But man, a lot of big stuff came out of this. It was also just announced that Fandom is going to be two days now. So we have Fandom 2 coming up September 12th. And there's also a schedule available for that one, which you know maybe we can talk about later. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff announced, a lot of things to discuss. So we'll be uh, getting lost in the Fandom. But, you know, before we get into the Fandom, they don't have a bar in there. So we got we to gotta tailgate. Got tailgate. Yeah. So, uh, and we're gonna, you sent us all beer. We're all I, drinking the same stuff this week. We are. This is something exciting, something I've been wanting to do for a while. Because, I mean, it's always nice when we get to share the same beers. Like, two episodes ago when John and I both had the orange uh, creamsicle from Southern Tier. It was fun just, you know, having a, a beer with my friends. Because I don't get to do that as much anymore. Uh, it was my mom's birthday last week. So I decided I was going to send her a package of stuff. And... I talked about it a little bit on the show, like, hey, you know, why don't I send you guys some things too? So we have a specially curated beer list. This is all beers from Florida breweries. Um, and when I say Florida breweries, I mean two, two. of them. <laughs> um, but I, I think I made some good picks. Uh, we'll see. Because first off, uh, I have them a lot on the show here. Uh, and this is coming from Sideward Brewing. This is their Sideward Cider. And this is a limited release version of it. Hey, yeah, I sent you guys some stickers from the breweries, too. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll talk, talk about that after I wrap this up. But uh, I have uh, the Sideward Cider, and this is a semi-dry hard apple cider. This version brewed with strawberry. Now, for this, they use their regular apple cider as a base. And it's a good, decent cider, but I didn't think it was necessarily worth sending because it's comparable to any other cider that you would just go buy off the shelf, whether it's like a woodchuck or an angry orchard. There's, it's just a nice, good drinkable cider. There's like nothing stand out about it, but it's not something that you need to have because I guarantee your reviews. would be like, yeah, it's a cider. Uh, so when I saw this, I was like, okay, you know, that's something different. Uh, I, I really enjoy this. John, you, you took, you took the first sip. You were the first of the three of us to try this. So you go ahead while I dip back into it. Uh, one, this, like, it is a super cloudy, pinky, reddy color. Uh, but this, I think this is delicious. It's a really nice cider. The strawberry's there, but it's not overpowering. It's not in your face. It gives it a semi-sweetness. Um so a little bit like a little tart too. Yeah, I I think this is uh, a fantastic. If I could get this on a regular basis, I think, especially during the summer, I probably would. Um, just because I, th- I think it's it's really nice. It's super drinkable. Um, and that's for saying something. I live in New York State. Like 
there's like five cideries within like a hundred hundred miles, if not even more. Um, I think that no, there's more than that. But yeah, I mean, we have tons of cideries, and um, this is probably one of the best ones I've had in a long time. Wow. Uh, I have to say, there's a reason why people like strawberry rhubarb pie. You get that mm. sweetness from the strawberry and the tartness from the rhubarb. It, it's just a pair that just works really well uh, together. And that's what's happening in this glass. It's It's got that sweet strawberry that's not overpowering the sweet, the sweet because it's paired well with that tartness from the apple cider. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a wonderful thing. If they could have, if I could get this beer with a little bit of that... Uh, that biscuit malt that's like in that uh, one tasty, tasty pastry from 20, 21st Amendment. Mm. You get that in with this. Ooh, that would be that would be literally my jam. Uh, that sounds like kind of what we had at uh, Hidden Springs where they had the I don't remember what they called it. it was like the pie one. Yeah, they had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would be so I think I think saying uh, strawberry rhubarb is hitting the nail on the head with this. I think it's a good call. One of my favorite pies. It's a, it's a good pie. I, I have the hardest time trying to make it because... It's a hard pie to make. It, it, it gets really soupy really quick if you don't mm-hmm. if you don't get everything quite right. So growing up, I used to sleep over my grandmother's house every Friday night. And she would always stock the cupboards in the refrigerator with just like treats, fun things to eat. And she would always buy these... Like quote unquote real fruit juice popsicles. There was like a raspberry, a strawberry, and I forget what the other flavor was. This reminds me of that because they were made with like that, just like fruit puree and juice and a lot of sugar. But it has just that real strawberry taste to it. Like it's not overly sweet, it's just like a nice, deep, real strawberry flavor. Um, Yeah, I'm glad I sent this because it's great i'm hoping that next time i go up there they still have it because i like to buy another four pack of this because this is absolutely fantastic um and like i said i figured we would start with this because it's nice and light and it's super easy to drink this is definitely crushable so but yeah awesome uh, and like i said i sent you guys some stickers from the breweries too because uh just making small talk with the bartenders at the places or uh, since sideward, you can't actually go in. They have a table set up at one of the doors. Uh, but yeah, I let the breweries know that I was sending care packages together for my mom and my friends, and I got I got some little freebies there. So oh, that's nice. awesome. That's always fun. So hey, uh, thank you, Sideward Brewing. And then uh, our next beer is going to be from Dead Lizard Brewing. So good on you. Uh, the one thing that I, I'm sorry, Chris, I really screwed up. I, should I have been drinking this out of the Tupperware you sent me? I mean, you could. Not okay. required. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, if you wanted to get the full effect, you should have poured it into the Tupperware that had the stickers in it and then... And, and then drink. And then drink it, yeah. Mm. So, for those... No, no, no. The packages I sent, I had to use the large flat rate boxes from the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, but I didn't have enough packing material to actually fill in all that dead space. So I just took some of my random Tupperware that I had. You know, the stuff they use to like hold rice when you're putting it in your cupboard and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With a note that said, This box is really big. I didn't realize I had to put Tupperware in it. I do not want it back. Yeah. <laughs> don't save it. 
don't send it back to me. I don't want to go to visit Buffalo and then have you guys be like, oh wait, yeah, here's a here's a plastic bag full of your Tupperware. I don't, <laughs> I don't need it. But you know what I do need? More trip figment in your news, life. I don't know. Trip out to the news garden. Ooh, guys, we're we're gonna actually suspend our trip to the news garden because somebody put a dome over it. DC put a fan dome over our news garden. We can't get into they, it. They dropped that fan dome on it. Yep, but yep. also, there's DC kind of ate everybody's lunch this past week because there just really wasn't a lot of other stuff out there. Um, something kind of fun that I noticed because for DC fandom, I was actually off from work this past week. So I, I had the whole app. So I was like, you know what? I can just pay attention to all this. So I had fandom on background as I was cleaning, doing laundry. And if I had to get up and do something else, I just loaded it on my phone and walked around with it. It was pretty great. Um, but while I was on Twitter, I noticed a lot of other comic book companies were making their announcements during this. And I'm assuming because they figured, hey, you know, people are watching the streams and things like that. We can get some of our news out there as well. It, even though it was nothing worth talking about for me, it's kind of kind of cool. Like one of the things that I saw was Dark Horse was uh, publishing a Mike Mignola like Hellboy sketchbook and it was just called like the quarantine sketchbook because it's just like a bunch of stuff that he did while he was stuck inside too. Um, but yeah, not not a lot else to talk about. Any brewery news? Anything like news that we don't normally talk about that we might, might want to mention? Anything? Because I got nothing. Um, a local brewery here, Pressure Drop, um, has removed one of their beers from their lineup called uh, Aqua Shiva. Uh, I bl- Hindu uh, customers and people found it uh, insulting that they had Shiva uh, dressed up in a bikini drinking a beer on it. Um, what kind so of beer was it? New England IPA. Okay. I, I know we went to Pressure Drop that time, but I don't remember. No, we we stood in the parking lot by. Oh, Pressure, pressure Drop to go to yeah, because it's in the yeah. old first floor there. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, and it's they've done a couple of beers centered around Shiva and different like Hindu gods, and I think they were trying to more homage to those gods or. They weren't. I don't think they were poking fun, but they found that uh, those beers were insulting, and they they pulled them. They said they weren't going to do them again. They'll they'll change the name. Um, but yeah, that was that's the only like real big news. That and uh, hey guys, Coors, they're putting out a new seltzer. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, like I said on the last show, <laughs> I'm just not interested in the the alcoholic seltzers. It's not. I'll, I'll, if I'm going to drink a seltzer, I just want to drink a non-alcoholic seltzer. It's I use seltzer water as a replacement for beer. So, but hey, keep but, up at it. Yeah, but maybe somebody will like it. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm done with mine, Paul. I don't know where you're at. I oh your beer. Yeah. Oh jeez, I can open it's up a, another one. It's a sight, Paul. How much? Just you can hold your glass up. How much do you have left? That much. Wow. Oh. I'm taking hmm. I'm gonna go. I got the doctor's appointment tomorrow. I got my yearly uh, physical. 
yearly checkup. But I said, you got an overwhelming uh, amount of strawberries in your system. There, what <laughs> well, you do? I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to lie and be like, well, I never drink or I hardly drink. So, I, you know, I should keep a decent, steady pace of what I normally do. So that's what we're doing on the show. So what are we do? What are we drinking next, gents? Uh, next up, we would actually wind up doing the Hefeweizen from Dead Lizard Brewing, ah. which, which I have to go get. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So our next beer is from a brewery that we've actually all gone to, and this is Dead Lizard Brewing, again, here in Orlando. And this is their Orange Yet Glad I Didn't Say Banana Hefeweizen. So it's a wheat ale brewed with oranges, uh, 5.6% ABV. And yeah, it's it's a Hefeweizen. This is a new style for Dead Blizzard. Uh, out of all the times I've gone there, they've never actually had a Hefeweizen. I mean, they do a lot of stouts, porters, a lot of different um, like IPAs. They make their own seltzer there, and like a tonic. Uh, so when I saw that they were doing a Hefeweizen, I was like, okay, like that's cool. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a Hefeweizen. I get kind of that orange rind like the on the back of the tongue like it reminds me like more of like a coriander taste i guess kind of because it's like that just kind of like acrid like like mm-hmm. pulp but it's not bad uh no it's it's not bad it's uh a little thin of a mouth feel but you i mean it it tastes like a a half a, you know, you get the. I, mean, I, I took a couple sips, and it's been a little bit since I drank, and I had that kind of like, like that pithiness. Like I just bit into an orange without taking the rind off, but that's like the mouthfeel that I get from it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. I can't say it's my favorite half of Eisen, but I've had a lot worse of a half of Eisen. Yeah. Um, again, like I, I gave them props for doing something different because they don't. Normally, do like a Hefeweizen like that. So, and you would think like you like to me like a, I I wouldn't mind drinking a Hef on a on a summer night, you know. And you're in Florida, almost every night's a summer night. No, I I I've liked almost I think I've liked almost everything I've had at Dead Lizard. I found Dead Lizard. You you did. You found all the breweries, <laughs> uh, including I'm the one to. in the airport. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, this is, I, it's good. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just a, it's just a Hefe, as you said. Yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good beer. Like I have, I have no issues with it. I don't know if I would pick it up again. Like, I mean, they have other beers that I would pick as a go-to. Like if I stopped by there and I just want to grab something for like cleaning or like, um, there was a day that I went there with uh, an Invincible trade that I picked up at the comic book store. I just drank like three or four beers while I was sitting at the bar reading the trade paperback. Like, this probably wouldn't be one of the ones that I go to, but they, they have some good stuff. And I mean, this is a nice drinkable beer, but yeah. Paul? Uh, I'm not a big Hefeweizen fan. Usually if I see uh, Hefe, I turn around and go the other way. It's not something I would order at a bar. Uh, so this is like what I imagine a Hefeweizen being. It's not bad. It's like there's nothing wrong with that style of beer. That, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't click with me. And usually with the heavier wheat ales and, and wheat beers, like 
I, I can't drink too much of them. It just it's weird in my stomach. Um, so this is yeah, it's got that orange pith. I'm not getting any kind of I guess the yeasty part of the Hefeweizen that banana flavor. I'm not really getting it here, which is good. No, I mean it's. I like a little bit more like that banana bread for like a Hefeweizen. Like, but this has like that a little bit of like that spice to it. Yeah, it's got a little bit. I, I would say like this is like more saison light than a Hefeweizen. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's, I like when I see Hefeweizen, I think German German wheat beer, which a little bit like eat. stronger like on the malt, and it usually doesn't have that coriander. And this is to me more of a like a Belgian Blue Moon esque. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Like I went to a, a brewery or not a brewery, but like like a bar, and like they served me this with like an orange slice in it. I'd be like, oh, like this Blue Moon's really good. Yeah, it, it's definitely in my in my mind, it's more of a Belgian wheat beer than a Hefeweizen. Um, but yeah. I don't, I don't dislike it. It's not my, it's not my favorite style. Like Paul said, a German Hefeweizen is up there as one of my more favorite beers. Uh, Franz and Sconer being probably my favorite in that category. And this is, you know, this is to me like a, a Belgian wheat. And I think there's better Belgian wheats. But it's better than it's better than Blue Moon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would say like. I have like, man, this blue moon's that. really good for some reason. And then they come back, oh, we're out of blue moon. This is uh, orange glad I didn't say banana. I'd be like, okay. Like, but man, we might not look forward to the Hefeweizens, but you know what we do look forward to? Reading some comic books, guys. We are predominantly comic book podcast. So, Paul... Is there a book coming out next week, uh, September 2nd, that you're looking forward to? Yeah, this one seems fun, guys. It's a... Uh... It's Shazam number 14. It's Billy Batson and the Shazam family confront Superboy Prime. Ooh, Superboy Prime that's... is that character that's just designed for me to not like and root against. And anytime that it gets his comeuppance and gets beaten up, I just, I'm there for it. I just like it. So, come on, Shazam he's, family. Put him in his place. He's a character I love to hate. I, I love when he pops up in books. And it's being written by Jeff Johns and art by Dale Eaglesham. So, hey, there you go. Dale Eaglesham is you know somebody that I love from the old uh, what Secret Six days, the old JSA days. Like so, he's been doing. He's done a lot with uh, Johns. It's kind of his go-to mm-hmm. artist. Uh, so I'm excited for this, and uh, I can't say I love the new Shazam family and what they have to do with Shazam because of the Captain Marvel license or trademark. Yeah, because as soon as you said the Shazam fam, I'm like, well, what do they call Mary Marvel now? Is she Mary Shazam? Because that just doesn't sound right. I think she's Miss Marvel or Miss... I don't know. Miss Marvel has come out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very different. Because she's not Miss Marvel. Yeah. She's not Miss Shazam. She's... Sh- I don't know. She she can be Shazam just, as well. It sounds wrong. Yeah. It's uh, so tough because I still think of them as the Marvel family. Yeah, and I get they need to make that delineation between the companies, but Marvel's just a word. Like, I, I get it. 
I never liked and, the phrase, it's just a word, though, because people... Okay, well, yeah. I'm sorry. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paul, send me back the beer. And <laughs> Tupperware, you don't get to keep it. <laughs> John, uh, what book are you, you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a new number one from Dark Horse, Comic, Dark Horse, Dark Horse Comics, guys. So you know it's going to be bad. Uh, this is Spy Island, a Bermuda Triangle mystery. Sorry, they decided not to call it Spy Island because, I mean, right there. Right. That just rolls off the top. Super Spy Norma Froud, no relation has a plum assignment. She's stationed on a tropical island. Her mission? Keep an eye on things. Her problem? The island is on the lip of the Bermuda Triangle, where anything can happen. Her other problem? This particular island is a den of intrigue, populated by spies, tourists, and evil villains set on global domination. So tourists are just going to this island on like the verge of the Bermuda Triangle? That would yeah. be, you know, I went to one of those meetings, you know, where they're selling some sort of cookware and they give you an opportunity for a vacation someplace. If you sit through this, Paul, spiel. Paul, you don't you don't need to go there. Chris will send it to you with beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went and then, you know, I go on this free vacation because, you know, I sat through the spiel. I didn't buy anything, but I still went. I still still get the free vacation. Well, it's not a free vacation. Your time has worth. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and uh, it happens to be a spy island. Spy island, mm. as we like spy to call it. Thank you. Thank you for correcting yourself. Uh, this is one of four. Who's writing this? Uh, this is written by people I've never heard of. Um, well, when I took the screenshot, my uh, screenshot uh, to share was blocking who's writing it. So, uh, Chelsea Kane. Best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author, Chelsea Kane. No, I mean, no. I, it was that, a ch- that could help. Uh, on that archipelago. It was a choice between Spyland and Silent, and you know, Silent just sounded meh. Mm. <sighs> Par, well, you can uh, archipelago somewhere else because I don't want anyone mm. to show anymore. <laughs> Was, I gotta try out the material. I never know what's gonna hit. To. I don't know. I kinda like when he does, because I love what it's like. It's just the biggest dud in the world. Island versus silent? Pa- Paul, I I mean you hit it with your where's the bathroom in the dome? Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't spoil it. <laughs> oh, you the, said you weren't gonna a, do it. You that's a lead in for the main topic. Spoilers, John. Uh, well, that'll be the main topic we're talking about DC stuff. And I'm going to talk about a DC book coming out. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to Young Justice number 18. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by, what's his name, David Walker. Uh, and we're getting a story about the coolest couple in the DC universe. Uh, Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown are back together after falling apart in Detective Comics. I haven't read Young Justice since we read the first issue for the look back 18 months ago. Uh, I did enjoy it. I just didn't keep up on it. And this is going to get me to dip my toes back into it. And Young Justice, I like a lot of the characters in this title. So if I enjoy this issue, 
this could be one of those things I just go back and pick up the the back catalog because I feel like at this point you can probably get those issues for maybe like two bucks because Comixology does discount stuff pretty quick. Like I'd be I'd be willing to check it out. Yeah, it it was the second book on the list that I went. Oh, that sounds like fun. Okay, well. that was. Yeah, because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's probably the fun one Paul was talking about. No, I, I saw the Shazam one first, and I'm like, you know what? That sounds like, you know, I thought, oh, that sounds like a fun book. And then I kept on scrolling, and I saw Young Justice, because Alphabet. Um, and that, if you didn't pick it, I probably would have picked this over the Shazam book. But Superboy Prime, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You'll be able to read it for the September look back, because I probably won't have too many other books. There we go. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know what I do have? What? A dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from I, Wolverine, number one, page 19, panel six. As good as... New. Sorry, your pretty pink dress got trashed. I like my new look. Really anime. And that was the second time we've read that on this podcast. <laughs> I will Vereen, number one, page 19, panel six. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see that panel, go check out our Instagram. We're just bagging board. I'm doing a thing now where I'm going to just put these up on our Instagram page so you can see them alongside any other pictures that we put up and our episode artwork. Because uh, this kind of stuff needs to be shared to the masses. And especially just look at that like panel number five, the one before it. Like That's just nightmare fuel there. So yeah, go ahead, check it out. You know, If you want, give us your take on the dramatic reading. Send it to us. It's probably... Probably not any better. <laughs> but you know what I think is going to be better than our last beer? Our next beer. Because oh. uh, next we're going to be talking about Sideward Brewing's Friends and Enemies. And this beer is kind of Sideward Brewing's, like their house stout. Uh, Friends and Enemies, it's a milk stout brewed with cocoa nibs, vanilla, and coffee. Uh, I, I was looking for an ABP on the side. I'm not seeing it. But that's okay. Um, I've had this beer before on the show. I've had this beer just in my normal day-to-day life because I'm getting something to drink while I'm reading comics on the porch or I'm going to grab a sandwich. And they do like a lunch deal where like $13 you get a beer a, like, and a Sammy, like a bag of chips. Uh, they didn't have the one that I wanted to send to you guys, um, their granola cruncher. They didn't have that available in cans. They could only do crawlers. And you could you don't love us that much? You couldn't send us a crawler? No, I don't. I wouldn't. I, I, um, I don't even love myself that much. Well, that's the thing. Like a crawler, it would have been expensive, which I, I have no issues paying. You know, for a good beer, like that's. That's my treat myself. That's my treat everybody around me thing. But I honestly didn't know how a crawler would have traveled. Um, that was my number one concern with sending everything. Because, again, uh, for those listening, I live in Florida. I was kind of concerned about the beer sitting in a postage like facility, like waiting to be sorted for a couple of days. 
before it actually moved out, like, and Seth not aging well. Uh, but so far, like, everything's probably hit those notes because uh, you guys made some sounds when you took your first sips of this. Yeah, it's uh, got a nice smokiness to it, and then all of a sudden, boom, big chocolate note. Like, it's, I'm like, okay, this is a, st- uh, what? That's, that's what my mouth did. It slammed on the brakes and said, whoa, there's chocolate. And my mouth will break for chocolate. It's got a bumper sticker back on my tonsil. <laughs> it's a nice, deep, like, rich, dark chocolate, too, which is what I really like. It's got a nice roastiness, too. Very kind of like coffee on the palate. Um, like, if you gave me this and said, oh, this is like a cold brew with a vanilla, a vanilla cocoa creamer or whatever in it, I'd go like, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's got a nice little sweetness to it. It's super drinkable. It's it's a milk stout, so like the mouthfeel is just like it feels thin, but there's so much flavor to it. Yeah, like it it's just, thin but dense. It like just, it, it lingers. It, it, it punches you with those flavors. Uh, it, it's exceptional. Like uh, sideward, yeah, your cider's great. Uh, your your house stout is great. Like yeah, wonderful. So yeah, next time you guys come down, we're we're spending the whole some day. time aside. We're like, and they do yeah. sandwiches too. So I'll bring some uh, board games. We'll get some. They stuff do sandwiches. Done. They do like appetizers. They do like different flavors of boiled peanuts and stuff. They Ooh. they they do your typical like bar food, like pretzels and things. I love boiled peanuts. I haven't had them in years. I do They're, have to say that mouthfeel. It is reminiscent of those NA stouts and that first. Uh, touch of flavor of that smoke is roastiness smokiness i'm like oh this is like a like that and then all of a sudden all that flavor comes and that's all that flavor is what those na stouts are missing um i'm not saying all those and i've had one which is stout af from dog dog house dog brew dog brew dog i can never remember that name I, i just need to think of the breweriest name ever for a brewery what are you doing dog Brewing dog. It's bad. It's a bad name. Well, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> uh, well, we do have one names. more beer from Sidework coming up. Um, I figure at the halfway point in the fandom stuff, we'll we'll take another beer break and get that one good to go. I, um, but I just want to say, like, I was checking into the strawberry cider, and they have the Sideward cider mango. Mold cider, cherry cola cider. Oh, see, like I haven't had any of those. I've only had their like actual like regular cider. PB and J cider, banana cider, Krampus Fest mold cider, tiki, <laughs> tiki cider. It's just like, oh man, all of these sound fantastic. Tiki cider, I'm there for that. Oh man, uh, cherry coke. I can't think of cherry coke without thinking of the Ataris. I don't know why. That's fine. That's allowed. The Ataris are great. Um, but yeah, so, guys, heading into the main topic, this past Saturday, we had the first ever DC Fandom event, with the coronavirus shutting down comic conventions as we know them. San Diego Comic-Con went completely online this year, and DC followed suit with doing their first ever fan event that really touched on every aspect of like the DC universe, whether it was comics, movies, TV shows, video games. Uh, and I have to say, like, we talked a little about it off show. Paul, like you brought up, like, 
the fact that more people were talking about DC fandom than actually Comic Con this year. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, Chris, I think you did an amazing job with our Twitter uh, covering the fandom. If you haven't been following us on Twitter because we haven't been doing anything on Twitter, <laughs> I don't blame you, but apparently get on it now because uh, we got all the trailers up that seemed interesting to us. Uh, Chris did an amazing job this weekend. Uh, following well, the fandom stuff and getting that up. I talked about it a little bit last week on the show. I like creating content. I just don't do it, but I found new resolve and I'm I'm buckling down and saying like, hey, I love doing this podcast. I love making content. I love talking about it with my friends. Like, why wouldn't I just do that kind of thing? Well, you said it, and uh, Saturday showed the receipts, man. That's that's you bringing the receipts. So, hey, that's what kids say, right? Yes, kids okay. say that. I do say that. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, well, all my everything on Twitter was kind of talking about it. I don't follow all that many comic book people, but they were talking about it. People outside of like the people that I follow by because of board games that I like, uh, they were talking about it. So even outside of that, like little sphere. Um, if you guys remember Google Circles, <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers. Like the Twitter, I got on Twitter like back in the day, and I followed a bunch of comic book people, and then recently I started following a bunch of board game people, and it was like everybody uh, on my feed was kind of talking about what was being announced at Fandom. So a lot more than I saw for San Diego Comic Con online. Like I didn't even realize that kind of happened. You, if you asked me what was announced at Comic Con online, I could not tell you anything. Yeah, because I don't think anything was. It, yeah, it, it, there was no Hall H, and people weren't stoked for it. It was all kind of pre-recorded, but so was this DC fandom. It was all pre-recorded, but somehow this carried a lot of buzz, and I'm not sure why that happened, other than maybe there were trailers that people were interested in. I, Suicide Squad, Snyder Cut, mm. uh, Batman. I mean, the Batman, I had two people like come up to me and were just like, the one guy was like, oh my god, did you see Batman? I was like, yeah, it was good. And I talked to him for a while. And this other guy came up and was like, alright, I saw the Batman trailer. What do I need to read? And I was mm. like, well... Uh, Long Halloween, I think, is a must, especially if you're interested in this, because they say they take from that. Uh, Hush would be one. Anything by, like, the first four or five trades of Scott Snyder's Batman run. Batman Year One, Batman Maybe Year Two. Like, those are things that you could read. Like, yeah. Uh, pickups. Like I said, I was off from work last week, so my first day back uh, was Monday. And one of my sales advisors at work, he's, he's pretty nerdy, but he's not like the kind of person that's paying attention to everything. Like he'll watch the movies, TV shows, play the games. He reads some comics, but he's not like the person that's tied to Twitter or any kind of social media to see like what's happening. And he came up and he was like, did you see the Batman game? And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like, did you see suicide squad? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, they announced so much stuff, and he was like, what happened? Like, he wasn't even aware DC fandom was a thing, mm-hmm. but he saw, like, so much stuff was being talked about online. I was like, oh, yeah, like, DC did, like, an online comic book convention uh, where they announced everything 
that they have coming out. And apparently not everything. Cause I mean, they have DC fandom two happening in another like 17 days from the time that we're recording this, where they're going to talk about even more stuff. But I think they got like the big bulk, like the meaty things out this side. Yeah. I do have uh, to ask, uh, talking about the meaty stuff. I didn't c- catch it all. Uh, I saw the flash, the CW flash, like kind of mm-hmm. panel. Um, was there anything else from the CW television shows? Uh, all that stuff's actually going to be in fandom too, because yeah, they have panels allotted for like Black Lightning, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, there's a Lucifer panel, even though that's not part of like that universe. They brought it in with like their Crisis crossover, yeah. um, so they will still be touching on that. Because again, like at work, I have sales advisors that watch all of those shows and. Like, I'll see them on their lunch break. I'll be like, oh, we're watching like, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm like, I watched the first, like, two seasons of that. And then I just fell off of everything. And then, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you missed. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, I, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see that, especially they probably have maybe things that they're going to announce for all the, HBO Max shows that they've said they're going to do, Green Lantern. I know they were talking casting not too long ago, and a couple names were rumored, but they might actually have some stuff to announce for that. But, Paul, you didn't miss anything from The Flash. Uh, He gets a new costume. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, because it's a new season. Every season, I think they like they tweak it like a little bit. And uh, I think he starts the season with no powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He loses the, his speed. The big villain for this is going to be uh, a character with uh, the speed force powers. Right, right, right. And somehow Iris is trapped someplace, and he's trying to figure out how to free Iris. Hmm. Um. Well, yeah. I enjoy the Flash television series. I haven't seen season six yet. Um, I started to watch a crisis series, a crisis on uh, Infinite Earths on the CW app. And it just, I just didn't, couldn't it's get bad, into it. It's a bad, it's a bad app. Well, I didn't mind the app. It, I just didn't, I didn't like the, uh, the actual crossover event with the well, we got to find the paragon of justice and the paragon of this and the par- and I'm like, is that how the Crisis on Infinite Earths w- was? And actually, it kind of was. It, not not great storytelling. <laughs> not great. Um, I I like that they tie in like in the Crisis stuff. They tie in the people who've played characters before. But yeah, you had the guy that's playing the Adam now playing Superman, Brandon Ralph. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of fun. They had a Smallville of... reference. They had a Smallville uh, crossover. They had yeah. Kevin Conroy. I watched all that stuff. <laughs> but I just what? watched. The, I just watched the clips on YouTube. I didn't have to watch the, the whole thing. Guess, yeah, that's all. You, that's all you were there for. That's all you're there for. That's all I wanted. That stuff. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see. I've heard a lot, and not that this was mentioned in fandom, but just I've heard a lot of really, really good things about the Harley Quinn cartoon that was on um, DC Universe. Universe and now is on HBO Max. Like it's one of those things that I really uh, want to. Fandom too. There's a Harley Quinn panel. Uh, 
I've just heard so many good things, and then you look at the voice casting and everything, and it's exceptional. Like it's, they got huge names doing voices, and just those people who are good voice actors are just good actors doing those voices, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. Checking. Can we that just out. say how uh, talking kind of about the cartoon, how King Shark is really having his moment. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in. He's in the new. Well, He's in the new Suicide Squad movie. He's yep. in the new Suicide Squad game. He's in the Holly Quinn cartoon. Like he's yeah, in like, the CW Flash. He's been like oh, that's right. Yeah, up, he is in it. He's been he showed up like three different times. Like, and I think he crossed over. Yeah, I think he was originally on Arrow or something. Like it's it's nuts. Like he's he's, he's doing great. Break. Well, so let's head into our actual fandom discussions now, and. You can't have a comic book convention without actually having it be held somewhere. And for DC Fandom, they held it in the Hall of Heroes. And this is a digital convention space designed by uh, DC Comics' own Jim Lee. Oh, yeah. Guys, uh, be careful. He forgot to design a bathroom in this place. So everybody pick a corner. Oh, no. It's a dome. There are no corners. That was the joke that Paul made in our pre-show discussion, and it made me laugh. And then <laughs> I he was like, deliver it the same. And then he was like, "I'll, I'll do it in the show." I was like, "It's not the same." The uh, but listeners, the delivery was still good. Time. Was yes. still good, Paul. But your first time, you really sold it because you really believed you know. in it. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like you believed in it this time. No, no, because I, I knew I was doing it. I knew I was set up to do it. I knew it had to be done. It didn't feel organic anymore. Well, and I, I feel like not feeling organic kind of ties into fandom because, yes, we said before, Paul, like, all the stuff was pre-recorded. And it did have that feel to it where you have the hosts and the people that were basically, you know, like emceeing the panels, leading everything. But nothing felt exciting i guess because i know like all of this stuff was recorded like weeks ago because fandom put out a teaser trailer for this like a week and a half ago and i saw clips of all these panels so i didn't feel like anything was like unraveling in real time which i it didn't lessen anything for me because i was still along for a really big chunk of this until i had to like actually like leave at the end of the night and go do some stuff. There were some moments that took me by surprise though, Chris. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they actually put in some pictures of people that cosplay, which is awesome because that's a big thing with comic book uh, conventions. Well, I think that was kind of like, again, tying into like the fandom because they had like the, the cosplay. And then there was like a lot of fan art stuff. The fan art, yeah, which thing. is awesome that they included it though, because yeah. it could have been overlooked because it could have been a big studio. John, John's <laughs> holding up our piece of fan art that we have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that looks like, go over to our Facebook page. Uh, it's in our album artwork. Uh, it's definitely a drawing. Yeah. <laughs> I look good. I don't, I'll Paul, the only one. Paul looks so mad. I'm not that angry of a person. Ever. Um, Even when I interrupt and, him mid-sentence. He's never that angry at me. And I, they okay. did bring in like a bunch of different people to act as hosts from like the fandom hosts from around the world. 
And no slight to any of the people that they had hosting it, but you can tell English isn't their first language. And I feel like having them read like just the static script that you have for everybody kind of was a disservice because there was like no genuine delivery to it. And I, I didn't feel invested in like the people that are host. Cause I'm like, well, who's, who's this guy? Like, Oh, he's so-and-so from like fandom Brazil. Okay, cool. You guys are doing it in Brazil. I don't need a host saying like necessarily what we're going to be doing next though. Because I, I know I'm watching a digital thing, and I get that maybe that's why they're trying to make it feel like you're actually at a convention, but I, I don't think you need to bring in people from around the world, because I know this is a worldwide event. Like, that's it's cool that you did this, but, yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoyed that they had the hosts, like, switch off and everything like that. It was a 24-hour event. Even though I think only eight to 12 24 hours. hours because they basically, after everything yeah. happened, they, they redid it again for like the next time zones. Because if you follow like the DC fandom Twitter, like you got the notifications for the same panels like three times. Which is fine because, you know, I live in Buffalo. I'm wearing a Sabres cap right now. Uh, there's a thing on our local sports channel that's called the uh, Sabres Second Shift where they'll replay last night's game, like, during the afternoon, in case you work that second shift, like, mm-hmm. during that night shift. So that way, in the morning, you can rewatch that Sabres game. In case, you know, and hopefully you didn't get, catch a score. So I enjoy that they actually did that, because if it's going to be a worldwide event, then let's make it worldwide, and hopefully things don't get spoiled for you, even though I know the trailer for Batman got released, like, five minutes before. Yeah. And also, Justice uh, the Snyder Cut, Justice League, uh, was released a couple minutes or a day before, or was it a couple hours before? They had a teaser for the Snyder Cut, but this was like the like the full trailer for it. Yeah, the, well, the trailer got I know uh, the trailer got uh, leaked, and then because Jack Snyder, or not Jack, what's his name, Snyder, Zach, Zach, Snyder. Zach Snyder, got really pissy about it. Because he like went on people's Twitter being like, oh, I can't believe you're reviewing a bleak thing. Thanks, you know, screw you, bro. And versus uh, the guy that's doing Batman. What's Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is like, oh, thanks for your excitement. You're good to watch a real thing in like about 10 minutes. Like, yeah. Yeah, people. And I will say, I did like that if you were following like the DC or the fandom Twitter, they were kind of giving you a heads up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as to what the next panel was going to be uh, like basically like five minutes before everything. They did have the schedule posted online so you could know what was coming up when and, you know, time your lunch or bathroom breaks accordingly. But also if you were just kind of following around the social media, they were saying like, Hey, get ready for, you know, the Shazam panel happening in five minutes in the hall of heroes. I kind of did like that too, because when you're walking around the convention floor, you do get those overhead announcements where it's like, Hey, this is Freddy. I'll kill you slow. Check out my panel. Hall four. <laughs> like it, it did kind of have that fun to it. Um, but I absolutely love this and it's not feeling like I'm at a comic book convention, 
but I liked being able to be like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, let me load this on my phone and just have it playing as I walk into the other room. I don't have to worry about jumping out of line for anything or saying like, oh, well, I have this panel or this panel. Which one do I want to go to more? This isn't going to be a replacement for comic book conventions. I don't want it to be, but I think as things go right now, this, this is a great way to do it. I have to say the one thing it's missing is Artist Alley. And I'm wondering if they could actually get artists to go on like Instagram and do sketches and then like auction them off as part of it. Because that's a big thing that yeah. that convention money is a big draw for, you know, up and coming artists and also for the artists that are established in the comic book uh, industry. Like I would have loved to see we saw some fan drawings, but I would have loved to see some incorporation of actual you know, real artists other than Jim Lee, because it's Jim yeah. Lee. Because they had the Jim Lee pieces for, like, all the big stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, put it on Instagram and, like, have links and be like, hey, you want to check out some of our, uh, some awesome art from our amazing art, talented artists that we got on the books. Check out the Instagram feed right now uh, under DC, hashtag DC Fandom, uh, you know, during the Flash panel, during the Shazam panel, during the Batman panel, and having the sketches up. And then, like, put them up as, as an auction as part of it. And, like, have some of it go to charity and have some of it go actually go to the artists. Like, I, I can't imagine how much money the artists are losing right now that would yeah. be on Artist Alley. And just, like, you know. Selling pages, yeah. doing the sketches. Like, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I... I, w- <sighs> it, it, I think it would be a difficult thing to orchestrate all of that as well as everything else they were trying to orchestrate because I I imagine if this flubbed or failed in any way it would probably really fall heavily on them especially with what a week and a half before this they announced all those firings like they really Mm -hmm. needed this to be successful so I think to orchestrate all of that, yes, it would be awesome if they did it, but I think it might have been maybe a little too much for them to do it. Unless they could get that guy from Brazil to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, guys, I just remember a piece of news that I saw. And I forgot about it until John mentioned all those DC firings. Uh, apparently, like, Friday, Bob Harris, who was, like, DC's, like, editor-in-chief, who was one of the people that they had announced was, like, being let go even though he wasn't being fired until I forget when it was, it was a couple months away. Like he literally was just like, yeah, I'm walking out the door. Like I'm, I'm done now. Like it's, it's fine. Like he was just like, yep. You fired me. That's cool. I quit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think apparently the severage package was not that great. Like why would you want like- if you're going to walk away that, the severance package that you're walking away from. He, who knows? He might have, without knowing like the terms of the deal or like his contract, he might have had some other offer that was put out to him. Like, okay. yeah. Again, like, and that's just like supposition because, or you know, you got enough money in the bank. Like, yeah, I could take a sabbatical from producing comics for a while. Like, 
But no matter how much money, money money you have in the bank, you can always use more money in the bank. Yeah, money that's makes what, money. That's that's what the '80s have taught me. <laughs> are, you, are you guys ready to uh, actually get into our real fandom panels? Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's let's go. So we're just going to work through the schedule, and then some of these will probably have a little bit more to talk about than others, um, especially towards the tail end because those last ones were the ones that I wasn't able to see, but. I still, you know, checked it out to see what happened in them. But very first, we had the Wonder Woman 1984 panel, and this was featured um, Gail Godot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, and then Patty Jenkins, all talking about their time on the film. Uh, to kind of keep that comic book convention feeling, they took fan questions where people submitted videos of themselves, like asking, like, hey... Uh, this question's for Pedro. How does it feel to be like the most beloved person in the world? And you know, then he would answer it. Um, and then they showed the new trailer for Wonder Woman 1984, which I think was kind of like the big hit because a lot of it. I mean, you're still in that Zoom call, script rereading kind of atmosphere with a lot of the DC fandom stuff. Which it's fun to see these people talking about, you know, a product or creation that they're you know, excited to be a part of. But at the same time, like when I'm watching, I'm like, show the trailer, show the trailer, show the trailer. <laughs> uh, and then they did, and I'm like, hey, cool. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch the 1984 trailer? I did. I watched it because we were going to talk about it. Atta boy. I kind of wanted to I've seen the first trailer and I was excited with it so I kind of you know they I've they've been popping up like ooh what the cheetah's going to look like what's this blah 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 I'm like I don't I don't want to know like I want to go into the movie and enjoy it but the fact that the movie should have come out months ago uh I watched the trailer and uh I liked the trailer uh I found a couple things interesting like is Maxwell Lord the president He's he looks like he's in power, like senator or something. I mean, I wouldn't doubt president. He's, he's like, just promising people their dreams, and he's giving them away. Well, because like when he's doing that, it looks like he's at like a presidential. Uh, Maybe he's running. Podi- and he's like, podium. Vote for me. All of your dreams will come true. Napoleon Dynamite. In the airplane, when he's with uh, the cheetah and they're talking, it looks like he's got like a presidential thing behind his head. So I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Like. Is he the president? Is it because he made some crazy wish, like all these other people are, and, and he's the president? Um, it'd be inter- I'm interested to see where that goes, and it's interesting. I kind of like that the uh, <laughs> that the president uh, could be the bad guy in this film. Like, it's interesting to see where he's going to go. I, I always enjoyed like Lex Luthor as the president, so uh, I'm interested. I'm interested to see this. I liked Kristen Wiig as the cheetah with powers where she just was kind of wearing like animal prints. I the CGI cheetah I didn't love the look like cuz it doesn't it didn't look like Kristen Wiig. It doesn't, but at the same time I think CG cheetah looks better than CG Ares from the first well, one. Well, yeah. Like those like end fights, and I'm guessing it's the end fight where you see Kristen Wiig in like full cheetah, like mode. Uh, 
I think looked cooler than our like climatic battle that we had with the CG Rebus Lupin in front of fire with with the mustache still in the big old helmet, yeah. <laughs> and that CG mustache is the worst. Warner Brothers needs to learn. There's a mustache that you need CGI either to either to animate or to take out. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. Walk away. Walk yeah, away. and let's we'll talk about. We'll talk more about mustaches and CG for uh, the Zack Snyder cut. But, Paul? Uh, yeah, the first trailer had me hyped. John, I'm so glad that you're coming along with me on this whole, like, oh, I've seen enough trailer. I'm hyped enough. I no longer need to see anything else to make me more hyped because I don't want to spoil the experience. You got, me, is- on that, you got me on that years ago, Paul, because I've been doing it for a lot of the big things. I'll watch that initial trailer. Uh-huh. And then I, I cut it out. Uh, the some of the Star Wars trailers. Um, I think what the 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 second and the third one of the new installment. I only watched the first ones. Um, well, yeah, because that's Spider-Man, where I jumped on Spider Man Far From Home. I watched that initial one, and even then, if it seems like it's given too much away, I back off. I, I turn it off. Like I, I don't want it. I'm not as extreme as Chris as. He was with the Captain Marvel, but I'm glad yet that you're now on the same trailer boat that I am on, John. Which is you, you get psyched enough, you don't need to learn anything more, don't watch anything more because it'll spoil you. Spoil you. I do have see. I I love the mind frame. I was like, yeah, we were supposed to have this movie already. I want to see more of it because I should have seen it by now. Right. I I had to stop and think what a trailer boat was, and then I figured it out. Trailer boat? You said trailer boat. I'm glad you're on the trailer boat. And I was like, yeah. what the hell is a trailer boat? And then I, f- I figured out what you meant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I still dug this one. Um, you know, it gets a little bit of humor with Steve Trevor and, like, you know, Chris Pine being the man out of time in this one. We're in a I'm still time. just, I'm still not sold on Wonder Woman swinging by lightning, though. Like, it's just, it's, there's something about that just is so funky, but. I, I think this movie looks cool. I I will go see this whenever it actually comes out in theaters. I, I'll buy it when it goes on streaming because it's probably going to do that. I am nervous that it's going to end. Uh, that I'm going to love the movie, love the movie, love the movie, and then the final scene is going to be a CGI mess. Paul, because that's every that, that's every comic book movie. With, yeah, with, with, with but you can have a you can have a good mess though. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, with Endgame, it was CGI mess right before the end, and then emotional backlash, just that whole end scene that just, like, dives, drives the dagger into your heart and just twists a little bit. (laughs) So good. John's about to sneeze. It's okay. He turned his mic off. But uh, something that I'm really hoping... Professional. (laughs) I'm not. Uh, Something that I'm really hoping isn't a mess, because... Guys, I am so hyped up for this. Our second panel was actually the announcement of the next game from the Warner Brothers Montreal uh, studio. And this is Batman Gotham Knights. Uh, If you haven't watched the teaser trailer for it yet, definitely do so. During this panel, panel, quote unquote, hosted by Zachary Levi because, you know, they had him in studio to do the Shazam stuff, and they're like, uh, we need you for like another ten minutes. You cool with that? Um, 
but yeah, in the, uh, they also gave out some real gameplay footage, but lead up for this game, Batman's dead. Uh, he puts out a call to the rest of the Bat family. So Jason Todd, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Barbara Gordon, he's gone. I'm going to need you guys to step up because things are about to go, go hard in Gotham. Uh, yeah, they do. We're getting four different characters, multiplayer, which is co-op. Awesome. Just awesome. Like, cause the gameplay footage that they show focuses on Barbara Gordon doing her Batgirl thing. And then all of a sudden, like in the top corner, you see Robin has joined the game. And then there's like a little Robin logo that pops up and showing how far he away he is. And then also it's like, boom, Robin's there like alongside her. And then they're having conversations about what's happening. Again, it's all canned dialogue. So depending on which character you have there, different things are going to be said, but not a sequel to the Batman Arkham games from Rocksteady, but it does seem look and feel like kind of the successor to those. And man, I'm, I'm so on board for this. Rocksteady does not want you to say that it looks like the successor because they actually came out and said, no, no, we're the sequel. We're the one that's actually doing the, the, the lead up. Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. That's, that's the, that's in the same universe. Well, that's it's a different game. The, that Gotham Knights. We'll talk about that panel later, Paul, yeah, yeah. but right now, like watching this, I'm like, okay, like, the gameplay, it's, the environment, everything about this. It's is, Borderlands meets Arkham Asylum. John, who did he John, watch? John, uh, yeah, I, it had a... Oh, I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I just was letting you guys... Uh, my idea has passed. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, but also confirm something that's been rumored for a while now. Uh, Court of the Owls. So this is kind of... Oh, I remembered. Like, remember oh, last too late. Week? You already remember said you last week when I said Court of the Owls? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, everything I saw about this game looks great. Uh, four different characters, the co-op. Each one of those characters looking like they play different. And then, I don't want to say like character creation, but like customization. Yeah, you, you get power-ups and you can get different gear. So that's why I said kind of like uh, a... Gearbox slash yeah. uh, not, uh, I just said it Borderlands. Borderlands. Borderlands I don't like, know how like, I feel about Robin like Tim Drake Robin like teleporting mm-hmm. it's weird but you know what I'm kind of like Captain cool Boomerang teleporting yeah it's weird. Well, Paul we will talk about that later. God from, from what I what I read and heard is he's tapping into the Justice League teleporter to do that okay you know it's that tim drake like i can do it because i've i've hacked the system all right you you won me over i love it now (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah like like each player seems like they're gonna play different which makes me want to play as all the characters now i don't think i would play just with just go into a game with anybody willy-nilly like if chris and i had the same system and i was able to play with chris like mm-hmm. i would but at this point in my life i cannot set up like tuesday at nine o'clock maybe i could play for an hour i don't get 
I don't get to play. I'm, I'm a fucking dad of a two year, almost a two year old. Like I don't get to do that stuff. Plus, any time I have, it's usually somehow spending time with my wife to keep a marriage going. Uh, so well, she can play a character as well. Let's uh, she likes Diablo. Yeah. She likes Diablo. We're playing Cuphead together right now. Ooh, uh, she's more. Tough. It is really tough. Uh, but she's more into Cuphead than I am. I think I could get a lot farther in the game without her, but... Uh, Hope she doesn't listen to it. To this podcast? Yeah, she hasn't yeah. done that since, uh, I think I... Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably a year before I proposed. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I would like to play the game, like Chris and I used to play games all the, all the time together. Like, I'd like to play with a friend who... We also used to live together. <laughs> True. <laughs> made it easy. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, think about like the well, even like we all used to play like Left for Dead. Left for Dead, like yeah. the the getting the group together, and I mean, we were such a strong unit going through that, and then like two years later, we tried to play it again, and we were the worst team ever in the world. But it's something that I would like to play with friends. I don't know anybody who. I mean, this is probably going to be coming out on the new console, so I don't it's, know. They did say twenty twenty two. Yeah, they did say it's going to be like the next gen, like at the very end, like when they showed the logo, it, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, we got three years. We got two years before it comes out. Well, that's Suicide Squad, I think, right? This no, one's this, one, this, this one one's 2022, tw- correct? I think this is Suicide 20. Squad, that was 2021? No, this is 2021, I believe. Oh, I got Suicide. Yeah, Suicide Squad is 2022. Wow. Um, but I, I'm looking Chris, forward we'll to that. I'm later. looking forward to. I'm looking forward to playing this game. Um, I think the whatever it depends on whatever the pre-order special things you get are. I'm guessing different costumes for the characters, and I think down the road you'll probably see extra characters added. Like they'll probably have like Lucius <laughs> Fox and like no, I'm not, like yeah, what was his not uh, oh, not yeah. Lucius Fox his son. It's, okay, it's Batwing. Or, uh, yeah, like, you'll have like Batwing, Asriel. Like, you'll get those kind of characters that'll play a little bit different, but or have nothing a special else is mission. Change. Kind yeah. of like how uh, Arkham like, Origins yeah, they had, like, and Arkham Nightwing. Asylum did with the Joker missions, if he had it on PlayStation uh, or Arkham Cat- Asylum. Catwoman. Uh, Arkham City. Was it a special. Catwoman was just anybody, but as long as you pre-ordered it or bought the Game Pass. They had Robin stuff. They had the Robin stuff, and then there was the Harley Quinn stuff for Arkham you know, City, fu- I think, um, if you had it on PlayStation. McGinnis Batman would be fun to play. The future Batman. That'd be fun. Yeah. He, he, he saw what happens in Batman, what is it, 68, and the Batman... The, oh, the 66? 66. We'll talk about that. Paul, stop jumping ahead. We're talking about um, Gotham. Another, another fun another oh. fun character. To, I mean, if they had, like, a Damian Wayne. Because a lot of them have, like, the baton, the guns, the, the staff. Like, Damian Wayne with, uh, like, a sword. Like, a katana would be kind of fun. And, like, it seems like everybody's got yeah. a vehicle. So yeah. Damian Wayne riding around on a, a man bat would be, like, the best. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am so on board for this game. As soon as it was like rumored, I'm like, yeah, that's a game that I'm gonna want to play. 
And then once they released the trailer where it's, as they were like showing everybody and it became apparent that it's like, no, this is like the bat family game. I was like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I'm on board for this. So, uh, everybody pick their main now. It's hard to not say Nightwing, but I feel like if we did do like co-op play, I would let John have Nightwing and I would play Tim Drake. All right, then I'm... Tim Drake's strong number two. Like, I have no issues with it. Then I'm Batgirl. Yeah. That's how it is. That's how it is. Uh, That's not a runner-up pick. Yeah, still a strong pick. Like... Oh yes. As long as I'm not I'm, Red Hood, I, I'd we'll be pick. fine playing. Like I like I'd be fine playing as all characters. But if Chris wanted to be Nightwing, I, I would be Tim Drake. Like, oh no! Like I guess I have no no qualms with being Tim Drake. Uh, but heading into our next panel, we actually had the Sandman universe entering the uh, the dreaming, uh, hosted by. Oh my gosh! I'm blanking on her name. Uh, the actress that. Oh, it's an actress. I won't know. She was the on name Community. Crap. The, I'm blanking on her name. The blonde. She was on she Blonde or the. Oh, she was on Community. She played. No, she, she played someone completely different. Oh. She played Shirley. Nicole Yvette Brown? I'll say her name. I'm, I'm going with that. Um, yeah, this was actually a panel focusing on the Sandman universe. I miss And just kind of how it's come back into play like, you know, 35 years after the original comic book. Uh, because we're getting the Sandman uh, Waking Nightmares book coming out right now. It also talked a little bit about the Sandman audio drama over on Audible. And then minor tease about the Sandman Netflix series. Uh, when asked about that because Neil Gaiman was actually on this, which is like, oh, yeah, we're working on it. And he did say that he's happy to go into the Netflix series because he had the time dealing dealing with Sounds Bad, but working on the Audible audio drama where they were like, okay, we figured out how to kind of do the stuff in real life. Now it's going to be easier to bring it to the screen because we did it for, you know, the like quote, quote unquote radio. Yeah, I didn't see this. Um, I probably would have checked it out because I am in the middle of the uh, the audible um, teleplay or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I, it, it'd be interesting. I probably will go and listen to it unless Chris, you can give me all the highlights right now. Um, for me, there were like no real highlights. I was just excited to see that the Sandman like franchise, I guess, had a presence. And again, it was like the third panel, so this was right behind Wonder Woman, and then like one of the biggest Batman games that's probably ever going to come out. And it was a much more low key panel because a lot of it was focused on the comic books because. Yeah, they had Neil Gaiman on, but then they also had G. Willow Wilson, who's writing the new Sandman miniseries that was coming out, uh, to talk about the show. And I think that that was a really cool move, because a lot more people are becoming aware of the Sandman after something like the Audible drama. And they also had um, Michael Sheehan on, because he was he plays, in he, the he plays Lucifer. Sandman Audible book. And then... 
he plays he's Lucifer, and then he was also in the Good Omens show, which was a big hit for Amazon. Good Omens, co-written by Neil Gaiman. So, I think that's going to make Sandman a little bit more on the map for people that might not know about it before they headed into the next panel. Because again, we didn't really talk about it too much. All these panels were like maybe like 20 minutes max before they jumped to the next thing. And like Paul said, they had those kind of interstitials where Mm -hmm. they had like, Oh, Hey, here's a bunch of villain cosplays now that people had submitted. Uh, And then they had some weird like claymation stuff done by the people at Ardman. Oh, I don't know if, okay, so you guys didn't see I know Ardman, it's the uh, Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit. Uh, So basically it was, again, what it seemed like was they just had kids talking about superheroes or supervillains. Like you just put a microphone in front of a six-year-old and like, oh, talk about Superman. They recorded that dialogue and then they just did claymation stuff based around it where it's like a kid voicing the Joker that's like, eh, look how many times I can jump. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, I did three. Like, and then it cuts like the next clip. Again, fun. You saw the, did you ever see the Ardman short uh, Creature Crawlers? It's, maybe I've seen a lot of the urban stuff, but a lot of it's just okay. like so. Creature comics like, is basically okay. the same idea. It's okay. uh, where they went around the London and just interviewed people, and then they animate clay animation uh, creatures in a zoo, and it kind of matched what the people were saying. Okay. Like so, there was a lion that was talking. So it's on brand for them. Yeah. So it, it, it's not a big jump. Like there's a lion, and the person that's talking is talking about how they really like to eat meat. Like, oh, oh gosh, you know, I'll eat a salad every once in a while, but there's something about eating meat, and I really like a steak, and oh, and it's a lion, so it just makes sense. But it's only funny if you know that it was just a random person on the street that was talking. Oh, well, these are, like, clearly kids, because they're like, and then I, and then I, and then I jumped, and I saw the stars, but it's like Superman sitting on, on top of, like, a building. Also, one of my favorite episodes of uh, Dexter's Laboratory was basically that, where it was just a kid talking and they animated it. Uh, did I see you guys pouring your next your next beer? Oh, shoot, yeah, sure, why not? I uh, I gotta go get mine, but I saw John pour it and then take a sip. Mm. <laughs> so I'll be right back. You, John, thoughts? Yeah, the only thing that claymation. When you said that, I was like, I've seen that before, and I went and looked it up. That's it's like from like seven, eight years ago, um, but it's still like a cool little thing, and it's great that they they brought it back. Um, so, what was that done for? Because I don't so know two things where I would have like, seen that. I, I mean, I didn't. Uh, I looked it up and I found it on YouTube. And one thing says like DC Nation, and the other thing says Cartoon Network. So I don't know if they okay. shared it on there, but it's not like what they have isn't like super long it's only like a couple minutes that that was everything from phantom um but yes yeah, so the uh i mean the other big news i have is maybe this next beer we're having yeah what is uh, this oh, I, was, I was trying to check into it and man typing in the name of this beer causes some problems 
on Untapped. Because uh, the next beer we have also from Sideward Brewing is Black is Beautiful. And when I say from Sideward Brewing, I mean they actually brewed this beer, but the recipe for this beer actually came from Weathered Souls out of San Antonio, Texas. And this is a beer that they brewed, and then they made the recipe and can artwork available for any other brewery that wanted to make it. The only stipulation being, if you make this beer, any proceeds that your brewery earns from it has to be donated to local charities or foundations supporting uh, people of color. Uh, And a lot of breweries have signed on and posted about this and brewed it. If you go to... Oh, I don't. I don't have the actual website written down. There is a website available for this beer. If you just uh, look it up, Black is Beautiful Beer or Brewery, uh, you can find an actual listing of every single brewery that's uh, making this beer, and it'll tell you how many states are brewing it, how many countries, how many continents it's available on. And this is like a huge thing. Um, a lot of people are. I don't want to say capitalizing on it because it's not something that they are making money off of. Uh, I will say I looked into it and Sideward is actually donating their portion of the proceeds to the Florida chapter of the ACLU, as well as the Michael Jackson Foundation. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, Michael Jackson Foundation, what's that? It's not the Michael Jackson that you're thinking about. Uh, it is a brewer slash distiller who set up a foundation that's there to help educate and support uh, you know uh, black people or people of color that want to get into the brewing or distilling business and supports them with the resources they need to you know chase that dream Um, again I picked up a four pack of this I don't know what it cost Uh, but I took a sip of it and then started talking about it. I didn't really get to savor it, but ooh man, rich malty John. I think you were the one that I, poured this first. Right? I was. I saw your face. I don't know if this traveled well. Um, hmm. it's I. I'm not enjoying it. It's really sharp on the alcohol. Um. It's got a, like a little yeah. bit of the. I'm getting a little bit of the soy sauciness. Um, Paul, it, Paul's it, making basically yeah, just because eating. I'm not getting soy sauce. I'm getting big roast. I'm getting big malt. I'm getting not that much alcohol burn, and that's scary. I mean, because it, I was it is like, an imperial oh, this stout? is an imperial stout. Oh, that's in not, little letters. I'm not getting. Uh, I'm not getting any. What's the alcohol? What's the ABV on this? It doesn't say because I was actually looking at oh, that too. No. I think I'm getting some of oh, what John's getting, good. but I think I'm getting more of what what Paul's tasting off this. Because first thing, like I get like real big roasty malt. Like mm-hmm. it's just coating my tongue in like just sweetness, and like I'm just like kind of like. It's earthy like richness for me. Yeah, I, uh, but, yeah. I I don't get any roasty. I am getting soy saucy teriyaki. John, here I'll pour oh. some into your face. Like here, here. let me uh, open up. 
Yeah, yeah. I, it this this was like that's how he's, that's I how took I took that right? first sip and I it was like a ooh. And I was like, well, maybe I just got to get acclimated because I'm going from the milk stout, and I know this is an imperial, but it, yeah, I don't have the roasty. It's soy saucy teriyaki. Like, it could have been a bad can that was sealed with air in it. It could have been just traveled and something something happened. You know, like just sat maybe a little too long in the heat. I it's, I, I will say I. Because I was kind of watching the packages for both of you guys and then my mom, and they were both delivered on the same day. They came a day earlier than they were originally supposed to when I dropped them off at the post office. Um, I don't know, maybe like just something yeah, about your I, can did travel. I, I imagine it had to have been somehow a yeah. bad can. Yeah, and the uh, roulette game that we just played, you you, you were the I, loser, I, and I'm sorry, man. Also, I'm. I'm getting a lot more of the notes that Paul has, and it is like a big, rich, roasty beer. I don't know if I could drink a lot of it, though, just because it is like... It is a thick boy. It's a thick boy. It's very, like, just bold-tasting. And I'm sorry you didn't get, like, a good one. Um, I know there's probably breweries in Buffalo that are brewing this because it is such a big thing that people are, like, taking a part of. It, I would put it up with that, like a ten fifty or something like that, like something that's an imperial stout. Like it's not anything that's super special that I would be like, oh yeah. I mean, you, if you don't find I, this, then you're not a beer drinker. You know, it's it's. A I see ten beer. like when you say ten fifty, it's like I get that kind of correlation, but ten fifty just has that kind of like like that like that bourbon even a little sweet to well, it. Well, no, I'm not. Talking I about wish the it bourbon age ten fifty. I'm talking about the. You know, just the oh, just the regular. The regular. Oh, it's, it's been longer since I've had the the regular. I, I, the one um, thing I would have to say is like, um, they did this beer, and then before this beer, early in the COVID, they did the uh, all together, which again was to support restaurant workers, and I I honestly feel like more breweries. I saw more breweries posting that they were doing this beer than they were doing the altogether. And I think it was something that was really important to breweries and brewers to um, really support this beer as much as they did the other one. And I don't have any actual numbers of what breweries did, how many of altogether, or how many Black is Beautiful, but just following as many breweries as I do on instagram and facebook like it just seemed like there were more people posting that they were doing this beer than the than the all together and i i am happy about that with everything that is going on in this this fucking world of ours that uh so just to say uh if you want to go to the website it's black is beautiful dot beer uh, and right now, 1,130 breweries have brewed this beer in all 50 states of the United States of America and then 21 countries. Uh, and then they do have, like, the list of every brewery that you can get it from. Um, so, yeah, shout out to these breweries for for doing this. And then, you know, big shout out to Weathered Souls, San Antonio, Texas, for like putting this together because 
good thoughts. And I'm just, I'm sorry you didn't get like the the best version of this, I guess, because it's it is good, but I, I and like I mean, it's gonna take me the next like twelve see, panels of this show. You can kind of see where like this. my beer started with the uh, the lacing on here. I took a lot of sips to make sure that it just wasn't like me or the 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 transition from that milk stout to this. I I am I am sad to say that I am <laughs> I'm gonna pour this out because I do not I do not enjoy drinking it and if it sits in front of me I will continue to take sips and then have that like ooh every time I do it. Oh ooh, take a sip of this uh, instead, John. <laughs> The half of ice. Take a sip of um, this. The uh, the cider, John. Paul's not finishing his beers for <laughs> those listening. At or take Overwork. a sip of this. Yeah, it. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't have the I do like this. guys. I just can't. That's I can't okay. Do four beers. No worries. I do like this, but again, like I couldn't drink like a lot of these. This isn't just like a. I'm gonna sit down and have a beer and have a good time. Like this is a. This is a sipper. Like this would be something that I pour while I'm like sitting around playing video games or reading a book for trading policy or all the books for look back. And I'm going to be there for a while. Like it is just like big and rich and. Oh, I'm sorry. But, like, I, I was, happy I was, was excited. <laughs> I'm happy I got it, Chris. I, I was excited. <laughs> best friend. I was excited. He doesn't get that reference, so he's not your best friend. <laughs> uh, I was Ooh. excited. Ooh, I didn't realize I didn't realize the version of the beer that you got was so salty too. Wow. Uh, I love I. Okay, so salty is a thing, right? Yeah. Because I said I'm feeling very salty about something at work. And well, Paul, you are you, you are five years too because late. They're like, oh, that's. Am I five? No, that's still sad though. Because I'm like, they, they are like, well, who says salty? And I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I angry about it, but I'm not quite angry. I'm just salty about it. Like, yeah, salty. I'm not angry, but I'm annoyed. But it's like a right, mix. So right I'm after salty. that, did like, you? Uh, Paul, you work with a bunch of L7 weenies mm-hmm. over there. It's people that are older than me Paul, that right. were giving me shit about it. The people that are younger than me were giving me shit about Paul, it. Paul, right so after that, know. did you say, like, what does the fox say? Uh, but foxes are my favorite land uh, animal. <laughs> I was happy to eat. I but John, John, I just want to apologize because there, there's so, nothing I, you could have done. I know it's you out of my control, but uh, you could have sent yeah. that can to Paul. You could have had that can yourself. Like I think there's probably more something mm-hmm. wrong with the the can than shipping it. Because if Paul's getting that roasty, I think it might have been something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that you did this. I don't know if my mom. I had like it. that. I like it. Sorry, you did this. Ahead. Whenever we come down and visit, I always give you a bunch of beers, and like some of them we earmark to try to drink together on the show. Um, and I think it's something that maybe if we have the opportunity, we should continue to keep doing, sharing what's up here, sharing what's down there, yeah. as long as uh, we think the beers will will ship well. Um, to continue to do this. I'm going to – I'll text my mom. I don't think my mom's had a chance to try any of the stuff that I sent her yet, but I'll I'll see if, like, how she felt because if she 
she won't hit the same notes that Paul and I did, but if she's able to be like, eh, no, it's gross, I'll be like, oh, yeah. maybe it was something. And, and the thing is, is like sometimes, too, like you flush the can with CO2, but if they were running out of the CO2 and the can got flushed and they just put air in it and then filled it, like that oxygen will will hurt the beer. There's lots of little things that could have happened. Could have been a dirty can. Could have been just something that was on the on the track or on the lid or in the can or there's so many factors that could add into why this is bad and it not not your fault not chris's at all i'm absolved (laughs) but i am gonna pour this out and grab i'll drink to that out of my deep rich roasty and i'm gonna i'm gonna grab another beer for myself so uh, why not, All right. Why don't it. you start about uh, my beers? Because I could care less. No, it the was actually a fun panel. panel. Paul, you said you didn't I, watch it. It was kind of fun, and no, no, the both of I didn't think I did, but then I asked, and I thought I was watching like the Flash panel because they talk about the Flash so much in it. It had Jim Lee, uh, the. Uh, I guess the creative executive for Warner Brothers uh, and two other people. So uh, I don't have the, my notes. I don't the Multiverse that. 101 panel was hosted by Jim Lee, Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers exec uh, Walter Hamada, who's basically in charge of the DC movies. Uh, from DC TV, Greg Berlanti, if you've watched any. <laughs> Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. You see his name on it. Uh, But this kind of broke down what the DC multiverse is, even throwing it back to like that original Flash Mm -hmm. issue that had Barry Allen meeting Jake Eric, which is like, no, like the multiverse and like that promise of other universes being out there has kind of always been a part of the DC brand. And just kind of how they're straddling that line between, like, well, how do we do comics and movies and TV shows, like, featuring these characters? Mm-hmm. And I think they focused a lot on the Flash because the fact that they had the Ezra Miller Flash cross into the Crisis on Infinite Earths, like, Grand Gustin Flash, kind of acknowledging that was a big deal for fans and also I mean apparently a big deal for DC where they were like no there's no reason for us not to do this because comic book fans get this like we've always done this kind of thing let's let's put it out there and again like we said kind of up at the front like it's it's just a word like you you put it out there like no like we have multiple flashes we have multiple Batman we have multiple Jokers like Mm -hmm. What you see in one movie doesn't need to be the same thing from that other movie or that other TV show. Uh, And I think this was just kind of there for DC to say, like, no, yeah, we're right for making this decision, right, guys? Like, this this makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense while not making any sense at all. Because it seemed on the panel like they were trying to make sense of it. And then just kept on spiraling down and be like, nope. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, I haven't watched any of the DC TV stuff in years, but I watched that 
Ezra Miller Flash meeting Grant Gustin. I, I haven't Flash. seen it yet. I, I watched that clip on like YouTube because I was like, oh, they did that? Cool. Uh, I've seen it in this panel, and that's that's, that's that's the whole scene. Like you saw it. Like, but I think wait, even this is impossible. What is impossible? That you're here. You don't know about about what the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. that that scene. I I think the fact that they're able to acknowledge it and then like through this panel it wasn't this panel like we know there's probably multiple boardroom discussions about this they were able to come to terms with it like they thought it's okay because everyone else thinks it's okay Mm -hmm. it's fine and that's what this panel was about for like the 10 minutes or whatever that it aired Uh, just them saying like no like we can do this we trust that you guys are aware and smart enough to notice like well yeah just because we have Batman in this TV show doesn't mean that it's the same Batman from Justice League or upcoming Matt Reeves the Batman like you know that these are characters that have different adventures that's cool you get that let's just tell these stories which is amazing because DC for the longest time has been like well we got a plan for this character to be in this other thing, so we can't use him at all. Like, like, just go dead, go silent on that character. We got plans over here, so you can't use him in the cartoons. He's going to be in the movie. Now it's like, eh, <laughs> three Jokers comic book coming out, Black Label, cool, and Joker Wars going on at the same time, cool. And the Joker movie came out like two years ago. Which was I'm still never going to watch because I just don't care about white man rage, um, you know. And we just get you know characters. We get it's not so much about the characters; it's about the creators of the medium being able to, be able to tell the stories that they want to tell in the medium they want to tell it. And I'm happy for that. And does that mean that I there's going to be movies like The Joker? Sure, and Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, that I will never watch? Sure. But does that make me less of a DC fan? That I'm never going to watch those movies? Maybe, but I'm okay with it, because those movies aren't for me. Like, as I'm a very siloed, like, I'm going to play Gotham Knights. I'm going to read the comic books I'm going to read. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the stuff that I enjoy coming out from DC, and they're going to still serve you, me? Awesome. And you still... I mean, I sorry, Paul, Paul, you still uh, have some I, Marvel movies that you haven't seen. Like, you haven't seen Far From Home yet. That's the one, yeah. Because I'm not a Spider-Man fan. I don't enjoy Spider-Man. But, Paul, I, I received a tweet from DC uh-huh. when I was doing all this stuff that said, well... Paul's not a real DC fan because he just keeps picking X Factor books for. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. They don't care about what Joker movies you like. Like I, I, I picked a DC be... book. Shazam number fourteen, guys. Jeff Johns, so, Dale Ingersoll. So I'm Paul, there. Paul, it's a book for me. Paul, it's okay. You don't have to like everything to be considered a fan. Yeah, but John, you do have to like beer. To be considered a beer drinker? I don't know. 
You didn't like the last beer. You poured another one. What do you got? I do. Uh, so Flying Bison Brewery, local to Buffalo, uh, just put in a canning line. And their first beer off that... No more bottles? No, they're still bottling, but they put in a canning okay. line. Uh, and their first beer off that is a new IPA for them, 7.5%. And this is called Fluffy Puppy. Uh, the one embarrassing story for my sister, the one thing I can't get past about this beer is uh, Fluffy Puppies is what my brother-in-law refers to my sister's boobs as. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of weird. Uh, but uh, the rep came in and gave it to me and saying, hey, this is going to be in your stores next week. Um, try it. Let me know what you think about it. I've So has Randy had this? I, I haven't. I don't know. I'm going to send a picture of it to okay. my sister, though. I didn't know if you had shared it with him. Um, but it is... It is very soft on the tongue. I think it's a little ghosty. But it's not it's it's good. Like the flavor does linger and it feels like it gets more tropical as it sits on your tongue, but it is kind of thin. And I I had a conversation with the face of Flying Bison Tim Herzog and one of the uh, Nick Matt from Saranac uh, or Matt Brewing. What, what do you think they should do? What do you think about the Flying Bison brand? And I was like, I honestly, I don't think Flying Bison should go after like the IPAs and the New England craze. To me, I see Flying Bison as a brewery that really loves styles and old world styles when i had a chance rusty chain aviator when i had a chance when i was going to brew a beer with tim herzog they said what do you want to brew you can brew anything you want and i said well i'm brewing with tim herzog i want a i I want to do a german hefeweizen and that beer got me blackout drunk at my oktoberfest party that i hosted like and to the point where somebody gave you water person was my wife and he just poured it out onto the ground in front of her. I because we knew you were drunk, and we we're like, "Oh, I was hydrate." I stepped out of the house at one point and went, oh, "It's nighttime!" Like I was like, I had a moment where I was so confused that it had turned to night. Uh, I was that I was that drunk, um, and I said, "Like to me, flying bison, like." these can series you should be putting aviator red in it especially since last year you guys saranac chose for them not to do you know matt brewings told them not to make that beer and there's so many beers that flying bison has done in the past down by the river that mango ipa that they did i would buy in a four pack tall boy can this beer is good but there's no there's no heart and soul behind it because those guys that are brewing these beers, they don't like this. They don't want to make the style. They don't want to make this. They want to make, they want to make a German Hefe. They want to make an English barley wine. They want to do, they want to do those kind of old world, real core beers. And I think it. What's 
It should. Why, why, why do you say English barley wine like it's a bad no, thing? No, I'm, I'm confused. I, I'm not. I'm just saying, like. What's Rusty? Rusty Chain is a. Vienna style lager. Vienna style lager. And that's their flagship beer. It, like that. And that Vienna style lager is something that I have to be reminded of is a style. Like, yeah. That's, that's their thing. Uh, Aviator Red was, you know, an amber lager, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, and, or considered an Irish red, you know, like, and that was their flagship beer when they launched. To me, those are the beers that Flying Bison should be making. Those are the beers that always do well for them. For, so for them to do kind of like trying to do a hazy New England style beer, the, they can do it. And they do it okay, but you can tell there's no heart and soul behind it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's they're, fo- they're following it off. They're just they're hitting the ball. Yeah, but it's not in their strike zone. It's they're they're following it off. They're just okay. Waiting until the next pitch. And uh, the beer that I'm having, Paul, is Fluffy Puppies. It's a it's a base hit, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Aviator Red, they're a grounder. They're Kolsch. Rusty Chain, like they did a mm-hmm. uh, a true um, Scotch ale. It was like it was eight and a half percent, and it was it was amazing. Like those are the things that are in their wheelhouse. Those are the beers they should be doing, and those are the beers that they are successful at. And I think for them trying to force their way into what the quote unquote like beer nerds are trying to get it's it's just they ah, they shouldn't be pushing yeah. so for the beers we've had and John you have one extra one power rankings well I'm going to take black is beautiful out of my cat out of it okay because I feel like I, there's what I got was not the proper interpretation of that beer Understandable. While you're deciding, John, can I just say that I've tried to do power rankings with my wife just randomly while we're driving someplace, and it's like pulling teeth sometimes. But yeah, you're so doing like road signs and like oh no no like the flora and fauna just anything passing. like okay places to get coffee <laughs> but, uh, uh, like boom like just power ranking places power to get ranking coffee. fan on high fan on medium fan on low. <laughs> I know her power ranking on that. She fan on low number one, fan on medium number two, fan on high number three. She gets a headache wow, when it's okay. too cold. <laughs> Didn't need like, to ask. That sounds like no. bullshit. Uh, <laughs> that's fourteen years of marriage right there. That's what that but is. We're talking. We're not talking about fan settings. We're talking about the beers that Chris lovingly sent to you guys. I'm John. You ready? I, yeah. I bought you time. John, I, go. I sent. Paul's I, still thinking. I sent. A, I don't think. I don't have to think. I sent a picture of my ranking. Uh, well, then describe so it to us utterly. I didn't see it. I've been podcast. recording a podcast. I was not aware. Number one is Sidewards Cider. Number two is Sidewards Milk Stout with cocoa nibs, vanilla, and coffee. Number three is going to be Fluffy Puppies. Number four is Dead Lizards. Orange, uh, glad I didn't say banana hefeweizen. Okay, Paul. 
I am going with uh, side words, friends and enemies is my number one. The cider, 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 number two, black is beautiful, number three, and then the heffy, number four. I love that you sent them all, but you could sent something other than orange. You glad I didn't say banana. That's I. It was a new beer for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I no, saw no. it and I was like, "Hey, that's the thing I, we can all experience." It's a great experience um, together. I'm glad we got to experience it together. It was like being shot in the foot together. Uh, I will say, uh, did you say it was so like being me, shot in the foot together. Yeah, yeah. we fun. put our we put our feet on top of each other, and then we're like, "Shoot us in the foot! Shoot us in the foot!" Ooh, are so good. Um, yep. For me, I will also go number one: the side word strawberry cider. Ooh. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, my number two will then also be fronts and enemies. Just for their house stout, that's absolutely fantastic, and it's just mm-hmm. great. And that's always just readily available. Like you just walk into their brewery and say, "Like, yeah, friends and enemies, give me it." Um, then I will go. Black is beautiful. It's big, rich, and roasty. It's a sipper. I like more beers that I can just sit, sip, and enjoy. If it's too much of a big boy, at least it's going to you know get me where I'm going quicker. Those usually get knocked up a little bit higher in the link, uh, in the levels. This one is just like too big, rich, and roasty to be easily drinkable. Uh, and then finally, the orange glide didn't say Hefeweizen. Not bad, still drinkable, but there's just not enough there to make it stand out, which is why Black is Beautiful is before it. But hey, Paul, next is the actual Flash panel, hey. uh, which talks about the Flash movie that we've been promised for years and still haven't seen anything. Uh, this was hosted by Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash, uh, but also then writer Christina Hodgson, director Andy Muscatelli, Muscatelli and then producer Barbara Muscatelli. Um, you forgot to say Ezra Miller, also uh, choker and fighter of women. Yeah, and he had nothing to add to this panel other than flash facts. He did flash facts, which were just like weird little things. Um, that really added nothing to the conversation. He it, was it like didn't. me on the pod. Well, I don't want to be associated with a choker and fighter of woman, though, either. Ugh. Somebody say it's, okay. it's okay. Uh, Remy's era yeah, style. It, it's, I feel like it's hard to have a panel about a movie that's been talked about and discussed and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back for so long. Uh, but the big thing I think coming out of this, you know, quote unquote panel, I keep saying quote unquote, but it, it's that not a real happen. panel because like there's just people like talking online. Uh, we got a bunch of concept art. From this movie, and gone is the battle armor, you know, 2017 Power Ranger Flash costume that we had. But this is much more in line with that current, like, the bodysuit Flash with, like, the lines streaming off of it, mm-hmm. like, from the, like, the logo. Uh, it, it's a great-looking Flash costume. But they didn't really talk about the Flash enough to make me be like, oh, yes, I am looking forward to the Flash movie. Besides some really good-looking concept art. That also does feature Ben Affleck coming back 
as Batman, who's going to be something of like, like, I don't say father figure, but like that kind of mentor. Uh, they did mention quite a bit that this is going to be a time travel uh, story and time travel movie. Um, they didn't get quite into the specifics of it, but it also is going to supposedly lead into Flashpoint somehow. Um, Unless the movie is like a Flashpoint thing where yeah. this is them like kind of settling the ripples in the pond where they're like, okay, well, this is the status quo for the DC Universe now. If this movie ever gets made, which I don't think it will. Ezra Miller is pretty much Ugh. I mean, Hickey? him and Amanda Heard. I think they're just going to wait till everyone, they think everyone's forgotten about it. Uh, I'm actually surprised that he was there and that they would put him still in line for this. Um, yeah. But at, at I, the same point... I, I'm going to look it up. Don't, we don't need to talk about it, but I don't know what... I don't follow celebrity stuff, so... Like, oh, this you, is... you haven't seen him attack the woman? No, I don't... Sorry, okay, so I don't know if I've talked about it on the show or just like in person or in general, but celebrities and like actors are people that I see in movies. Like, I don't follow what they do in real life because, like, I don't, I was about to start, I don't care about Ezra Miller. I just know he's like, oh, he's the dude that's in The Flash, and then he's also in the, uh, the most cursed movie franchise of all time. The Fantastic the, Piece and Where to Find the, Yeah, the Fantastic Piece. I could not think of the name. God, I'm glad we don't do a Harry Potter book reading podcast. <laughs> um, Harry Potter book reading. Not Harry Potter movie watching. Um, no, I, I, so I didn't know about any of that kind of crap. Um, uh, I don't know. Like This panel as it stands, it's... It made me be excited for a Flash movie that I'm never going to see because it just seems like they're not going to make any more Flash movies. But, you know, there's concept art, which looked really cool. (laughs) Paul? Uh, No, no, I was doing that because Caitlin came down to to the video and they were doing kitty cat games. And I'm like, that was like me Uh, and my wife. Because Kitty Cat Games is a trademark. Chris, I sent you the video if you want to watch it real quick. Oh, I I will watch that once we get through the show because we still got it's like, only like fifteen a lot seconds of stuff to like talk about or discuss. Just click on it. You'll yeah. you'll see um, what happens. No, okay. Ezra Miller it seems to be awful, and I kind of wish we were distancing ourselves from him because the Flash is so enjoyable. Yeah, uh, but while we have Caitlin there, what did she think of the Hefeweizen? Because that was the only beer that she actually Hefe. had. Uh, John's relaying my question to her because she doesn't have headphones in. This is like just like the DC Universe fandom. She didn't like it. It wasn't. She didn't bad. like it. Okay. Like I've had way worse beer, but it just wasn't enjoyable. I, I'd say that's okay. fairly accurate. That was, that was yeah, not it was something to drink. Yeah. Okay. She's not wrong. You're not wrong. You can stay married. Like Thank you. Ezra Miller doesn't have to fight. <laughs> I don't know. Is that? Is that a reference? Uh, so, Kim and I, a lot of people would, I guess, uh, accuse my what my uh, living relationship with my wife as like just playing house. 
And sure, it's fine. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about Ezra Miller I, again. I don't no, know. No, no. I don't know. Uh, I do not know where this is going. Oh, this is going nowhere. Nobody is expecting. Uh, so every once in a while, we just make the couch into a bed because it's a pull-out couch, and we'll just stay up all night watching movies until we fall asleep. And the movie that we fell asleep to was uh, uh, my bet. Top Gun. Kate, Kate falls asleep uh, mm-hmm. ten o'clock on the dot every time. Pretty much. Uh, 9.30, but okay. Uh, Top Gun. They do not know how to kiss in that movie. <laughs> that movie, they use so much tongue. In every single kissing scene, it's off-putting. Hey, man, it was the I, 80s. I am so glad my parents fast-forwarded through those scenes. That, I, I you know, sometimes you just want to enjoy a movie... And just take out the parts that are just gross and unenjoyable. Much like how you just want to enjoy a Flash movie and take out the gross parts of Ezra Miller. Uh, I I watched the video. I need to do some more research. But just initial viewing. She's loving that. She's got a smile on her face. Because it looks... No. It looks like she's like, yay! Because it seems very jovial. It was like, you want to fight? And then like he grabs her and she's like, yay! And then like... Uh, I, he lowers her down. I, th- I don't know. It, uh, at the beginning of it, I think she wasn't expecting him to really do it. Because this, I mean, this happened months ago, if not like a year ago. Um, but I guess like he, like when the, the he droppers down, he's a lot more violent about it. Like she thought he was joking at first and then it was like, no, okay, no, yeah, that's like, no, that's he's not. Um, cause it's a weird angle and like, I guess he, I think he got, a, he got arrested. He's like in Norway too. He got like arrested for it what? too. Yeah. He's like at Iceland, Norway, something like that. Just, I don't, kind of celebrities. Don't put your hands on women. Just don't do it. Unless, don't do it. unless they say success. That was in Paul's vows. Un- <laughs> unless they say. <laughs> but anyways, it's hey guys, we got more. We got more panels to get through, and the next one was kind of a a bigger one because this was the Suicide Squad panel hosted by James Gunn with the full cast of the Suicide Squad. Everybody, can I ask, can, yes. are you guys now excited about this I, movie? Because yeah. when it was first announced, the cast list, and we went through the cast list on the show, you guys were like, I don't care about this. Because I wanted to do, like, a death pull I, for this movie. I don't remember. Are you well, guys thing, now I don't remember it. Do you guys want to do that. a death pull? I remember that, but a lot of it was like, well, I don't know who any of these characters are. Like, I don't care. But then after seeing it, and... Like, well, we didn't like, have oh, the characters list. We just yeah. had the actors but that's the thing, like, we, no, we got the, the actors, character. and it's, like, saying, like, oh, well, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. but then seeing just how, like, C and D-list some of these characters are, yeah, I'm like, what? oh, yeah, like, Peace everybody's paper? dying in this movie. And then I think a lot of it, because part of this panel was basically just them talking about, like, oh, yeah, we're making this movie. And then they did, like, a Suicide Squad, like, trivia game. Like where they pick teams, and then it seems like everybody just loves to give Michael Rooker shit. <laughs> okay, like a lot of fun, and then they showed not a trailer, but it was like behind the scenes footage, and just how amped James Gunn was on making this movie made me feel like, okay, like 
this could be really cool. And it looks like it's going to just be fun. And based off of how much I liked the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I'm not a fan of those books, James Gunn saying, like, no, this movie's a sequel to that original, like, John Ostrander 1980s Suicide Squad book. Okay, I never read that. But the fact that he's so into it and is like, well, no, like, we're not doing anything based off of the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, some of these characters might cross over, but, like, we're drawing more from the comics instead of just, like, Warner Brothers directives. Okay, like, it... It, that got me, and then just how kind of into it everybody seems to be made me be like, "All right, like this is a movie I I will watch." Uh, I I was when they said James Gunn was going to do this, I think I was like a hundred percent on board. Uh, I if you want to know who I think is going to live, Amanda Waller. I think. That's Everybody it? is up. You could, I mean, you could even Harley I Quinn. I think you, because... I think you could because Birds of Prey wasn't as big as they thought it was going to be. And well, I also it came out I, like how many weeks before the pandemic closed down all the theaters? No, I, I saw, but, like, I saw it in the theaters. I, I liked it, but it wasn't. They remarketed it, it as well. That's the thing. Like the fact that it came out and they're like, "Ooh, this movie's not doing good. Call it something else." Makes me think. It didn't have to do with the pandemic. It was just like a misbranding. Yeah, and marketing. I was already worried about the pandemic at that point. This it came out well before the pandemic, well before it. Uh, I I really liked it. I would recommend it to you guys. I would recommend it to you. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Like it's over. I will watch that and Aquaman before I watch Justice League and Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It it should be it's 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 an enjoyable watch. I really liked it, and I really liked um, Margot Robbie more in that than I did Suicide Squad. I I don't I didn't like her in Suicide Squad. I liked her in uh, Birds of Prey, but I still think she's at the point where she's like, I I made my movie. I'm good. I don't think they're going to do it again. Yeah, kill you could kill me. I don't think anybody is safe in this. And if she does die, it's a comic book movie. She can always just come back. And but I don't think anybody is going to be big. I think the breakout star might be Polka Dot Man. I was going to say uh, John Cena. Sorry, I said that wrong. It's John Cena as a peacemaker because just the way they sell like characters, like oh, uh, he's like a douchey Captain America. Like maybe like. Oh, Peacemaker. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I said this on the Twitter. Uh, if you don't follow us, do it over at the Twitter board. Uh, as a DC fan, a lot of these characters, as they were saying, like, who's playing who? I was like, who? Like, who's that? Which makes me think, like, yeah, like, a lot of these characters aren't going to live. I think the only characters that probably would survive would be Harley Quinn. And then... Possibly uh, King Shark because he's Idris Elba. <laughs> King Shark's having his best year. Yeah, he's having his best life, right, guys? Uh, you can't but kill then him Idris now. Elba as what's uh, Bloodsport Blood because Sport. I I think uh, assumptions at this point. 
I feel like Idris Elba probably has something in his contract, kind of like The Rock or Jason Statham do, where it's like, oh, they can't die. Like, they have to be, like, he died the in hero. Endgame. He died oh, in that's true. He did. Okay. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, he also died in um, the big robot movie where they fight the kaiju. Uh, yeah. I, Pacific but they were canceling the apocalypse. If, I, if you like, I've seen very small interviews with Ibis Albra because he doesn't do that money. But if you watch his um, hot ones that he does, I love like, that one. Yeah, that made me a fan of Ibis Albra. I don't think that guy has that big of an ego where he's like, I can't die. I, he even died in um, the uh, Prometheus. Like, yeah. I, never saw I, I don't think he cares about he dying. Got, I think the fact that he was reading it and he's like, oh, you want me to die? Well, fuck yeah, I'll do that. Like, yeah. I, I, and he got fired by Michael Scott. So, how much ego can he have? Yeah. I, uh, but I was going to say, Margot Robbie, though, from her Hot Ones <laughs> interview, like, she seems to, like, to be really invested in the uh, Harley Quinn thing. She was, like, a producer, I guess. Or yeah, she had a lot of say over Birds of Prey. Over Birds of Prey. So I, I think she's going to survive. Uh, do you guys want to do... That's also like the only character out of Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey that people are like resonating with. So so maybe on a future episode, we actually do... We go through all the characters and we do our list of who's going to die at what point. Like, get the order down. That's the thing, like, I don't think I could, and this isn't just, like, I don't want to. It's, like, because a lot of these characters aren't anybody, and that's one of the things that's, like... Like, um, We can guarantee Rat Catcher 1 dies, like, in the opening scene. I I think... Like, because there's a Rat Catcher 2. I think a lot of these characters... Like, I don't think all of them are on the same team. I think they're all in different aspects of this movie. Some are probably on the what is considered the bad guys. Some are considered the good guys. Some of them are going to find somebody and they're going to team up. Like the little clips that I've seen, like of Ratcatcher, it seems like she's protecting children who might be in this war zone that the Suicide Squad's going into. It looks into. like a Pied Piper thing. And like, who knows? Like, if she's going to be a hero or a villain, like. I think it's very interesting of where all of this could be. I think the I, I just from the trailer and everything, I for some reason I think like Polka Dot Man is going to be the person who you are going in not expecting to like, really liking, and who is going to have like the heroic death. I also love that Paul proposed this question and we're kind of answering it, and he leaves. <laughs> that that's what happens. So he's not he's not going to hear this until he answers it. You ask a question and then you get up to leave to go to the bathroom or get your next drink because you know you have a chance to walk away because Chris and John are going to be answering your question. Um, I think it's going to be real interesting. And that's the thing because, like, I can't do that, like, power ranking of, like, who's going to live, who's going to die or going to die when because even Nathan Fillion's character, TDK, isn't an actual DC character or villain, it seems like it's someone that's made for the movie or is another DC character under like a pseudonym, so you don't know who he's going to be. Well, I. And I think that's kind of the fun of this movie because, again, like, you have nothing invested in it. You're just going to see fun, 
crazy action shoot 'em up where there's there's no stakes because like that's the whole basis of like any of these characters can die and it doesn't matter. I think like if you look like his costume is very reminiscent of Arm Fall Off Boy, and then yeah, who he's like a. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what his costume looks like. So maybe. Uh, and I mean, he's like a legion. He's a legion hero or villain or whatever. But also, like when they show his picture, like it, his arms are look like they've been separated. Like it's, it's two arms that look I like they're cut back, off. Too. But I think he's got like he's trying to have like a cool name, and they're just going to be like your your arms fall off, guy. Like you know, TDK. Uh, is he calling himself the Dark Knight? Like, who knows? Uh, but it, uh, I, I am excited about this movie. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited just based off of how excited James Gunn is. When he said he, it's like the biggest movie, the stunt coordinator said like this is the most stunts I've ever done in a movie. And then you also have one, the fact that Paul is just getting back now is crazy to me. Uh, and then, like, the other big thing is what they said. It's like a 1970s war movie mixed with, yeah. like, a, a superhero film. But that kind of fits into, like, oh, this is the sequel to that original um, Suicide Squad story. Because that was a story told in the early 80s. So, like... I- it's like an era piece, but not really. I mean, Paul, did we answer your question? Of course. <laughs> I heard that uh, he's going back to the John Orstrander comic book and not going off the original movie at all. So the next two panels, I don't have a lot to say about, and it's not because I don't care or didn't watch them. But first up, we have the boss females of color within the DC universe. Uh, and this was very much a panel about what it means to be a female of color telling the stories of the DC universe. Uh, and for panels, they had Megan Good, who actually played Darla Shazam. It was basically like the little girl in the Shazam movie. Uh, Javicia Leslie, who's going to be playing the new Batwoman. Candace Patton, who you may know as Iris Allen West uh, from The Flash. Uh, Tala Ash, who's in DC Legends of Tomorrow. I don't remember what character she's playing because I haven't watched Legends of Tomorrow in forever. Uh, but then they also had Nafisa Willems and Chantal Toy from Black Lightning. And uh, some, uh, Anna Diop and Damaris Lewis from Titans. Again, uh, the actors that portray... Starfire and Blackfire. And it was basically just about the inclusiveness of the DC universe. And I felt bad watching this because I haven't partaken of a lot of this content. Mm-hmm. So outside of Shazam and the first like three maybe seasons of Flash, like I'm not familiar with these characters and who they're playing, but I like that the DC universe is able to bring these voices you know to like mass media yeah i have to say that i follow candace on uh twitter and she gets a lot of shit for just being iris west allen there's nothing wrong with iris she's amazing in that show and i'll say like like she is a 
one of the reasons I keep on going back to watching that show because her and uh, Gustin Grant, like they have some really good chemistry. The villains that they pick to be the villains kind of are shit. Well, they all got the speed force. On, yeah. on the Flash, but... Oh, I, I'll go a level deeper, too, because like, Joe, like, her dad, oh, yeah. I don't know if he's Joe. still on the show, like, Joe yeah, West, like, that dude's, like, great, like, I want him to be my dad, like... Oh, there's some great dad moments. It's like, boom, dad moment, boom, dad moment. In season five, uh, was it, yeah, season five, where uh, excess comes out of time and is, then Barry Allen has to be a dad to her, Boom. You got three dad moments. Like, you got Joe Allen. You got John Wesley Ship dad moments. And then you got Barry Allen being dad moments. Like, dad moments on dad moments. I didn't realize how flashy this show got. Damn. Because the last season I watched was where they went to, like, Earth 2 or whatever they were calling it. uh, Where, like... He he was a lounge uh, singer. Joe West was like... Yeah, he was like the jazz band. And I'm like... I don't like him, but I want to like him because I know he's still a good dude. Uh, but again, like I can't say a lot about this, um, but I like that it was there. And then the next panel, I can speak a little bit more about because this was kind of sold as just like the surprise panel. Uh, and this actually turned out to be all about Milestone Comics. And it was about the building and the inception and the future of Milestone in the DC universe. And it was like hosted by Dennis Cohen, Reggie Hudlin, uh, Phil Lamar, who, if that name sounds familiar, he does the voice of everybody and everything. Um, and just about how they kind of came up with the idea of the first like black-owned comics company that just wound up getting folded into the DC universe and how it kind of became its own thing. And with this, they announced that they are looking into bringing a character like static to the DC universe, but also something that I'm super uh, excited and pumped for is we're going to be getting a new static shot comic because man, static's just a great character. I remember a few years back, uh, Dwayne McDuffie tried to bring back Milestone Comics. Unfortunately, uh, Dwayne McDuffie passed away. Um, he, re- he wrote a pretty decent Fantastic Four run. Uh, that's how I kind of know him. He wrote, wrote a pretty, he wrote uh, some Justice League comics, but he was going to bring back Milestone Comics. And like, was it during that run? where he was trying to bring it back with Static Shock and uh, the other books, he he ended up having some sort of cardiac infraction or cardiac arrest and passed away. Uh, it's been years. Like, I have to say, what, five, six, seven years now? Uh, it's probably been about six years because, again, with my new resolution as, like, oh, I like making content, I'm going to put content up. Uh, I recently put up an unboxing video on YouTube, mm-hmm. and when I downloaded the YouTube Creator Studio app onto my phone, I saw a bunch of comments that had been posted when we were doing our reviews of the New 52 uh, comics that came out, 
And one of the ones that we talked about was the like static shock number one. And like my review was like, no, we're getting the new static in the actual DC universe. And he felt very much like Spider-Man at that point. Mm-hmm. And the comment was like, well, hey, what did you think of number two? And I was like, we're six years too late. I didn't read that comic. Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, I, I can't comment back now, but way too late. But I'm glad that these characters are there and they exist. Even if like someone like Static is kind of like that standout because he's just such a well-known and likable character that I think he's a great face for an imprint like this. And if you're going to bring something like Milestone back, to have it done on the back of Static's like a sure thing because he's such like a proven property at this point. It's like you say Static Shock and people are going to get jazzed for it. Uh, the one thing is I did not see my favorite creation on Milestone, uh, Zombie, in this. Mm. Uh, something that they did a DC launch, they did a six-issue miniseries that, Paul, you and I both really loved. And I actually went back and I bought all the Milestone books. Like, I found them online and I bought them and I read them and I I loved them. The only thing that was, like, like I, I wouldn't even say wrong with them, but, like, the thing that was, like, the art wasn't great in them. But the storytelling, I thought, was really great. And, uh... That was the one thing, like, when I heard, like, Milestone's coming back, like, I looked at the characters of Bergenak, and I was like, ah, I want my zombie. But that's just me. Zombie with an X. With an X. X and an I at the end? Yes. Yeah. Good spelling, Chris. Uh, Thank you. Uh, But then after that, we got what was probably, like, that big Hall H presentation for some people. Uh, This was the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Coming out on HBO with HBO Max. Uh, it was announced that it's going to be available in four one-hour parts, so you're technically getting a four-hour movie. If you live abroad and you don't have access to HBO or HBO Max, they are working on a distribution deal. Uh, but we got a trailer. It looks better than the original Justice League movie. But I feel bad because as I was watching this, I was like flashing back to something that John said when it was announced that this was happening, where it's like, well, people are being like upset and mad about this because you're not getting the real Snyder cut because he's going back into it with that knowledge of what people didn't like. And it's like that hindsight 2020, it's like he's going to be doing things different now. And watching this trailer versus what we got in the original trailers for Justice League it still seems very different but I will say like I'm more likely to watch the Snyder version than I am like that hybrid Snyder Whedon cut of it or even the original Snyder cut I think uh, yeah I one thing like Zack Snyder loves Leonard Cohen. He used their song, you know, he uses songs in Watchmen. I don't feel like this song fits. Hallelujah. Is the song yeah. you're talking about. Uh, oh, uh, uh, 
Uh, I'll come back after you finish, and then, Paul, whatever you have to say. I, I feel like the song doesn't fit. Yeah. And then watching this trailer, I was like, it. it's some of the scenes that I saw in his original trailer that they put out before we didn't took over. Like, there's nothing in this that made me go, like, oh, I watched the, Z- the Snyder Cut trailer, and now I have to see it. I will see it because I do have HBO Max. Like, I have the ability to watch it. So I probably will. Do I want to sit down for four hours and watch this movie? Oh, my God, no. The two hours or whatever time I put into the Justice League movie that was the hybrid was almost enough for me. And I walked out enjoying that movie. Like, yeah. It was okay. It enough. was it, it was good enough to for me to be like I had fun with it, but I still didn't I still didn't love it. And you could definitely tell the cuts of like oh that was a Whedon joke. Oh yeah, that was a Whedon scene. That that's mostly Snyder. Yeah. So I I don't know what they can do, and then like Snyder came out to be like this movie's not meant for kids. Like what I made wasn't meant for kids. This is made for grown-ups. It's somebody... He posted that to somebody that uh, saw the leaked trailer. Posted about the leaked trailer. trailer, And he's like, well, you like... You said the original cut was, like, for people that enjoyed their Saturday morning cartoons. And this is meant for adults. Yeah. That's why I had Superman kill Zod. And I made Batman versus Superman. To me, it, it just, like... I I don't care about Scott Snyder's vision for these characters because Zack Snyder. Snyder because Scott Snyder I would, I would watch yeah. his Justice League I don't think he really understands the characters I really don't after seeing Batman versus Superman and Justice what I saw of Justice League like he doesn't get it like he just doesn't understand that like. Superman is a symbol of of hope and should be like a beacon and should be always he should be a little cheesy he should be the boy scout he shouldn't be how they wrote him and there's just I I I feel like I well, I will I, watch it because I didn't I got half a movie with Justice League and I am interested to see what he does but I'm not I'm not watching it because I'm a fan of the Justice League. I'm a fan of the Justice League. I shouldn't watch it because he doesn't get those characters right. And he I, has no, I feel like he almost has no respect for those characters. I'm going to jump in here and Paul, you got things to say, but one of the, like the questions that he got during this is like, Oh, well, like who's your favorite superhero? And he was like, Oh, Dr. Manhattan. Cause he has like, these big quantum powers and like time travel, these superpowers. Like, you told a Dr. Manhattan story because you did Watchmen. And I don't even remember what episode it was in. Like, I picked Zack Snyder's Watchmen as something I would watch before I read the actual Watchmen comic book. But his take on Dr. Manhattan wasn't like the. Oh my god, like if you want to get to the basis of this character, mm. watch this movie. So if he lists 
Dr. Manhattan as his like go-to, like, no, like you want to read a superhero, like this is what you need to check out. No, because you, you told a story with him and like there's nothing that stand out about him. And even the notes that you kind of hit on was like, well, no, he's tired and over everybody else, so he doesn't care. Like, well, he's not just, the one that caused. I summed up Doctor Manhattan in those like two sentences there. But Paul, go ahead. Yeah, like, I'm going to jump in with what you're saying about Doctor Manhattan and the Zack Snyder Watchmen. He's not the thing that's going to actually cause humanity to come together because he's already over humanity. Yeah. Zam, uh, what's his name? Oh my god, Zam, Zamdimus, uh, Osmandius. Osmandius. Yeah. He, he actually has to create a whole thing where humanity comes together because Dr. Manhattan is already off. He's on Mars because he saw a smiley face because it's just the randomness of the universe and he's going to explore it. Um, yeah, uh, Zack Snyder, I think, is a little full of himself. And just decides that he wants to do his story and is upset about anybody that wants to get up that doesn't like care about his story that he's going to tell. And, and uh, this is where I want to jump in because I, I knew this was going to be the big event coming out of like this uh, iteration of fandom. And, Watching the trailer, maybe like okay, it kind of bothered me that they Steppenwolf, like the main film mm-hmm. of the movie, they completely redid the character design, and that kind of leads back to what John was saying. It was like, well, no, like they're changing things because people didn't like it. And like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, yeah, like you're changing things because it just didn't work, it didn't feel right. Okay, the trailer itself was like, okay, no, like this looks better. This looks more interesting because apparently this version of the movie is going to have all that weed and stuff cut out. And what you're seeing is everything that was originally filmed by Zack Snyder. He's back there working on everything. So this is his version of the movie. Yeah, a little updated, but it's what he wants to tell. But coming out of that trailer, they did two, like, sit down fan question answer things mm-hmm. where it was him sitting down with people that were like, Hey, you were a big proponent or like, Oh, I'm playing on the word. I uh, don't know what to say. Moving on. You were someone that was, you know, itching and pushing for the Snyder cut. How did you get involved in this? What did you want to see? What didn't you like about the other one? The second half of this portion of Phantom was so, like, masturbatory for Zack Snyder that watching, I was like, oh, he's just saying, like, hey, I brought you on because Mm -hmm. you want to see my version of the movie. Why? What did you like about it originally? What do you want to see? That it kind of, like, rubbed me wrong because it kind of went against everything that we had seen and talked about previously for a fandom where it's like, no, the celebration of the fans, like we want to see it. And it just seems so insular and being like, Hey, you want to see my cut of the movie? Why was that? And then it's like, you know, a uh, Lieutenant from like 
uh, China being like, oh, well, I felt like the version we saw wasn't what you wanted. And it's like, yeah, Zack Snyder says thumbs up. Uh, yeah, uh, just in case it's not clear, during this panel, Zack Snyder invited fans that were part of the release of Snyder Cut like movement to talk and ask him questions, which were basically all set up questions to be like, Zack Snyder, you're amazing. Hey, describe how amazing you are. Yeah. Like, and and that's, that's, that really bugged me. And they had kind of like earned my goodwill to be like, oh yeah, like this does look better than what I was given. And, but as soon as you're like, I'm being told like, no, like this is better. I'm like, oh. Don't worry. Chris, if you're wondering who made those cinematics, it was all art done by Jim Lee. Uh, and I do, I just want to say like, the best interpretation of Dr. Manhattan was in the HBO series, The Watchmen. Still have, I, still have to go I, back. It's a absolutely phenomenal show and the best interpretation of Osmandius. Like, just absolutely fantastic. Jeremy Irons is Osmandius yes. in that one? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was so incredibly well done. And the, like... They got the characters and they told great stories around those characters. And those are the um, Silk Spectre, Dr. Manhattan, and Osmandius are really the only characters that come back for it, that they, they brought back for it. And they're all done exceptionally well. I was, I went into that show with very little expectations. And was blown away by how much I like it. And I think when we went and did our year our year look back or our year in review, like I put it above Mandalorian because I think it just was it was better done. Like they they took a, a story from a world and did a better version of it. And I I recommend it. I even want to go I I'm waiting for the moment where I can go back. I've put some time between it and go back and rewatch it because I think it was exceptionally done. Uh, everything they did with it. Um, I'm on my list of things to watch, and I feel bad. It's probably going to be a while before I get to it. Uh, and I hate that Paul walked away because the next panel is one that I really want to talk about, but there's not a lot to say. Because this was oh Paul's Paul sitting back down, uh, but this was the Black Adam panel, and this was hosted by Mr. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, where it's kind of introducing the character that he's been associated with for like ten years now, and we didn't get a trailer, but we got kind of a animatic introducing the character. And what really sold me on this was the art by Jim Lee. Well, the art by Jim Lee, but it was actually like Dwayne Johnson's and it's weird calling him that. It was the rock's passion. It's like, you know, broken down. He was a slave and he rose up to power and now locked away. You're going to see him coming back. And it was his like, you know, the DC universe thinks it's, it knows it's like, power levels and status quo, but just wait until you get to go head to head with black Adam, like mm-hmm. his 
James Gunn uh, syndrome. It was his like enthusiasm for the project that made me just be like, oh, oh yeah, you you got me. And then second half of this, we were getting a little bit more concept art. That's being like, and no, like you're going to have those Justice Society characters coming in with people like Cyclone, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher. I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, uh, Pause right there, Chris. Yeah, you know, pause. I'm, Go. I'm a, you're the just, JSA expert. I do like the JSA. I'm like the JSA and Fantastic Four uh, person of this. It's Hawkman and uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Fate. And then let they're leading the new batch of heroes of Cyclone Adams and Adam Smasher. So it's like they, they are giving me the generational thing, mm-hmm. which I need in a justice society. And it seems like, Oh, he's going to be working with them or is he going to be fighting? Them? Or are they teaming up in the end? Are they teaming up? Are they battling? Who knows? Like, because it's the rock. And like I said before, well before on the show uh the rock likes having movies where he's starring in that uh, the audience leaves feeling uplifted and are ready to go like i don't think think he's going to be the anti the anti-hero but at the end i have to assume that he's still the hero somehow i think he's he's definitely going to be played more as the anti-hero and i i don't the trailer the quote-unquote trailer that we got, The Rock didn't do it for me, Chris. Like It felt like he was just reading from a script nonchalantly. And I was like, some of the, di- the some of the dialogue he wrote in that, I was kind of like, like, oof. And it wasn't towards, it, it wasn't okay. towards the end where I was like, okay, I kind of could be behind this with, I really like the Justice Society like coming in. I just want to say, like, imagine being tied to, like, a movie production for, like, ten years, <laughs> and then nothing coming from it. But then finally being able, like, to sit down and be like, all right, here we are. Like, And then just seeing, like, those images of, like, Kandak and him, like, in chains, like, being whipped, and then, like, him just, like, rising over everybody, and then him on the throne, and, like... Yeah, like that works, and we don't get that like feeling of well, the pre-production, the like business side of it, but just him like talking about the character, like it was like oh, like he's been so invested in this. Like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about like we got the rankings of the celebrities and how we have made the most movies. Like the rocks at the top of the list. This is a dude that has his pick of whatever he wants to do. And this is a project he's been working on and championing for like 10 years now. Like, and he finally gets to actually talk about it for real. Uh, as somebody who does dramatic readings <laughs> on this episode, on the show, I have to say that that was not a cold reading, dramatic reading. I think, okay, what's he got to work with? Maybe not the best script, but he sells that crappy script. He's like, hey, I've been a slave and in prison for years, and I did what I had to in order to free my people of conduct. And somehow the powers that be came, came down upon me 
because I crossed a line. Oh, he, like, now it took like him fighting Shazam. Justice. Black Adam Justice. It took me two times to watch it. this because I was like, ugh. Like uh, his reading, the dialogue, like all of that just did not do it for me. And I love Black Adam. Uh, Is it because he didn't like say at the end of it into the microphone, if you smell Black Adam's cooking? I I love The Rock. I think I've seen almost every movie that he's done. I love I love Moana. Like (laughs) I think he's I think he's it's a movie he's done, so he's. I think he's phenomenal in that. And Scorpion King, I saw Scorpion King in the theaters. Uh, like I've I've been there with this man during his journey, and it just like it just Rampage. You know, I haven't seen Rampage. <laughs> I want to see Paul, it. I Paul, won't pay to, but I want. Paul, did to. you throw your arms up? Did you see Rampage? No, but he, I wasn't the one that also no, said that. When Paul throws his arms up, he's like, made a point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said I said almost all of his movies. I haven't seen all oh, of them. Okay. Almost. I, almost. I, I, I didn't see The Tooth Fairy. Okay. But I've seen... You see Peacekeeper? The Babysitter? Do you have his IMDB be brought up? Because that's... No, no. I'm just making up stuff now. Uh, <laughs> it... He, it it didn't the trailer did not sell me on this um it was well it's not a trailer it's just like but a, a it is a trailer like it is a trailer it like it's an it's animatic, animatic that is selling over. the movie it's a trailer it's a trailer for the movie that they haven't filmed yet right. it apps it and they're not even production yeah of. it absolutely is and I think they had they wanted to put something up, and he wanted to tease stuff because he's been before before COVID. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I'm doing my, my my Black Adam workout. I got to get more bulk than I've ever been before." And it's like, "No, you, you're already huge, dude. Why do you got to get any bigger?" <laughs> Guys, CGI exists. You're fine. Um, but, okay, so let's say this movie doesn't come out. Is it still a trailer? This movie gets scammed. Yeah. Like, they decide, you know what? We're not going to do a Black Adam movie. I Never think mind. they have so much invested in this movie at this point that this was kind of like that, like, official, like, no, we're we're doing this. And this was even a part of, like, the teasers that they put out, you know, like, a week and a half ago. Like, where it's like, no, like, you're finally get to see The Rock talk about it for real, like, on an officially sanctioned Warner Brothers DC channel. Like, this is a thing now. I'm just kind of sad we didn't get, like, an actual look at it. And they kind of even talked about that trailer, during the panel. Right? Like they, an actual they talked trailer. about it, though. It was like, Chris, no, like, Chris, we're still, like, a little bit far Chris, out. was this a trailer for Black Adam? Because that's the fight that John and I were having. And, and, so, yeah, and Paul's still trying to win this argument. It's a teaser, which is a trailer. So ah. yes. Uh, well, no, it, it, it it's a trailer. It's a trailer. <laughs> oh, John, John did the Paul like. Oh, I, I proved a point. Mm-hmm. It's it is, and it's not. But 
2020, it is, baby. It is not. It's, okay. It is, but it's not. But it is because 2020, like, things are different now. And who knows where we would be at this point in time. You would have had an actual, if everything like, hadn't shut down. You wouldn't have the storyboard stuff, but you probably would have had shots. Wonder Woman would have already come out. Mm-hmm. We would have got, guys, we would have had New Mutants by now. <laughs> it's coming out at the end of this week. Supposedly. Uh, so so Bill know. and Ted's, come on. I mean, the that's Batman digital. movie. Oh, we're not there yet. Only 25% of uh, production and filming has been done. 25%. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but next up, and this is where I had to leave. Uh, I had to go pick my girlfriend up from work. But I feel like I didn't miss out on anything from here on out. Because uh, next up, we had the Aquaman panel, hosted by director of the Aquaman movie, and Patrick Wilson, who played Orm, a.k.a. Ocean Master. You all may also know him from Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen, played Night Owl, where they were talking about... He's also in the A-Team. A movie from two years ago? He was also in the A-Team. Like the movie, yeah. the A-Team? That I watch? I like that. I watched that. He's the he's oh, the crappy. S- speak of A team, you know what hits that like A team itch? Suicide <laughs> Squad, kind of. Uh, yeah, I think the big wait the video game or the movie. I didn't play a video game. I didn't even know there was a video. I'm talking about like the actual A team. The Suicide Kills us just like that. Wait, we haven't gotten there. Paul. We're not there yet, Paul. God, give us like three more panels. Paul wants to, <laughs> Paul wants to go to bed. Uh, I, the big the big news out of the Aquaman was <laughs> Ocean Master is going to be back, and for some reason the thing that everyone loved about Aquaman was it was fun and light. It's not going to be as fun and light, guys. It's going to be a more serious take on Aquaman. Aquaman was, guys, 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 Aquaman was fun. Watch Shazam. Watch Shazam. Shazam's fun. Guys, guys, Aquaman is fun. That was the thing. That's the thing the movie had going for it. I'll see it. It hasn't been presented to me. They're going to take away the thing that made the movie. Uh, Which... I mean, something else that might have been fun. Didn't see it. Feel like I didn't miss out. Uh, we got a second Wonder Woman 1984 panel, which was the cast playing Werewolf 1984, which was a game that they played based off of the Werewolf party game. Yeah, Werewolf was great. Werewolf uh, is one of my fun. favorite uh, party games. But this was just like another like 15 minute panel. You didn't miss out on anything, but this was just kind of that stuff that they put out to be like, hey, here's a thing that we put out. Because these people like working with each other. Could have been better if it was an Artist Alley sketch-off. Possibly. Imagine a five-minute sketch-off between two characters being like, hey, we we did a random random character generation. Boom. Draws Peacemaker, and everybody's like, "I don't know that character." Who's Peacemaker? I don't think Let me like, look a lot of people watching DC yeah. fandom have been to a convention and gone to a sketch off. 
Yeah, but hey, wouldn't it be cool? It be cool you want to move through these uh, like, segments? To be the. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Well, we only got two more left, uh, and the next two happen to be big ones. Because first up, we have Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Uh, Rock City Studios finally being able to say, yes, we are doing a Suicide Squad movie. And like Paul was trying to talk about and ruin like an hour and a half ago, this is like pseudo sequel. It takes place in the same no, universe as pseudo. the Arkham movies. It is the sequel. They said but it's, it is in the Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham. It's in the universe. Whatever. It's not a sequel universe. to the games. But yeah. It's in the universe. It's in there. It's in there. Mm-hmm. Paul said they said it's in there, so it's in there. Except uh, suddenly, you know, Deadshot is black because Deadshot was. Yeah, he he wasn't in like Arkham City when I played that one. But again, it's okay. I have no issues with that. Uh, we only got a teaser trailer for this game where it sets up the fact that. Suicide Squad is operating in Metropolis. Metropolis happens to be under a Rainiac attack. And boom, hey, subtitle. Now they need to kill the Justice League because Superman seems to be like the main threat. Uh, As for like video game teasers go like, this looks fun. We kind of can get like an idea of what the gameplay is going to be, where it seems to be like that kind of like co-op, mm-hmm. like Team Fortress, Borderlands, Gotham Knights. Like, hey, pick a character. Everyone plays kind of different. Who's your villain going to be? Get in there and go kind of gameplay. But premise, yeah, <laughs> this looks great. It's like a- King Shark. In Breakout it, character. Uh, no, moment. it looks fun. I kind of like that they show how all the characters are going to get through the city. Uh, you know, Deadshot's got the the jetpack that he can also use as a flamethrower. Um, King Shark is hulking around, jumping from building to building. Teleport, uh, boomerang, and then uh, Harley Quinn has the um, grappling hook. You know, like it's interesting. Okay. You see how they're going to get around, how they're all going to have their own powers, how they're all going to do the things. It, it, it looks fun and it looks like it'd be a good play. And it might be interesting to see if you're going to get any other suicide, suicide squad members. If you're going to get what super, what justice league members, <laughs> what, DLC. Other, DLC, uh, what other, what other, Justice League villain or heroes are in it that are controlled. Like, I'm interested to see. And then if you beat or free them from the mind control or just straight up kill them, like, are you going to see King Shark then put on a Green Lantern ring and be able to create constructs? Like, I don't know. I, I think this could just be a case of this movie being a little bit too far out where they couldn't show us the actual gameplay like we got with the Gotham Knights. Uh, panel. It, it's, sorry, guys. It's just weird calling it like a panel when I've gone to like countless Comic-Con panels. Um, but as for like just standalone like 
teaser, hey, we're doing this game, it still got me excited. Like, if this was a thing from E3 or Gamescom, I'd be like, oh, yes, this is a game that's now on my radar. I'm paying attention to this. Like, show me more. Unfortunately, this is the one that's coming out in 2022. And um, I don't know what to feel about this game. Like, it was so rumored, and leaks kept on happening, that they were doing a a, a Superman game. Oh, it's going to be a Superman game, Rocksteady, Superman game. They're building Metropolis. Okay, well, this is still happening in Metropolis. You know, for all intents and purposes. Um, Is this a game they wanted to make, or is this a game that they ended up making because they couldn't get the Superman game to work? I... I, I think those guys, if you look at what they did with that Batman universe, this is the game they they were going to make. And those things that got leaked and quote-unquote teased were things to get you interested in what they were doing. Are they doing a Superman game? Oh, they're not doing a Superman game. They're not doing this. They are doing this. Like, I think those things are what got people excited for this reveal, this trailer. I think a Superman game might be too hard to make in our current, just I'm aware of the character in that mythology fandom, because you know, like Superman's going to be able to go up against whatever you put in front of him. Like, and there's no, build or growth to that character because Superman's always just going to be Superman. It's not like going back to Batman Arkham Asylum where it's like, well, no, you have Batman and now he's like gaining and building new gadgets. Like that's kind of a logical progression for that character. Superman's just going to be Superman. You can't have him be like, well, now I'm Superman, but I have super x-ray vision. I collected so many Krypton points that now I can purchase the extra, you know, laser eyes. Well, well, is the Suicide Squad just going to be the the flip side of that? Like, I collected enough Kryptonian or I think it's going to be the thing where, like, oh, we defeated, I defeated this Brainiac thing, so now I have the tentacle arm that now can break through the blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, like, the same thing, like, oh, now I have the... I feel like... The C4 bat foam that can break through these walls, so now I can get to that new part of the level. Watching this trailer, did you guys have a character that was like, oh... I want to. I want to play as a Captain Boomerang. King, King, King Shark. That, that could be fun. I, okay. I would have fun playing Captain Boomerang. Yeah, like it just like throwing like fun with his like boomerang, like teleport to where it's going instead of it returning. I think this could be a lot of fun. Like, I don't know if I'll like it as much as you know the previous Arkham games previous because it's the same universe not a sequel or Gotham Knights not a sequel not the same company but not it should be the sequel I don't know like I'm just 2020 guys it's Bruce just Wayne fucking with dead. me he's just checking out the court uh, undercover I, I think this game's worth looking forward to much like the final panel which I guess 
it seems to be the big one instead of uh, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. But we got our first full trailer for Matt Reeves, the Batman, starring uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. And I know I've kind of not, I don't want to say spoken ill, but been like apprehensive about this movie. But after seeing this trailer, I'm like, no, like this is going to be a great addition to the Bat universe. A Hufflepuff. He's a Hufflepuff. They're great fighters, which would be a fantastic uh, detective. And uh, a Slytherin for Catwoman. Uh, Joy Kravitz. When they announced Robert Pattinson, and, you know, they announced him, what, like a year and a half ago or something that he was going to be Batman a year ago. One of the guys that I talked to about the trailer that I mentioned, he's the guy that came up and said, what comic books did I read? He was like, ugh, what do you think about Robert Pattinson? I was like... I like it. Robert Pattinson has done some – he's chose to be like a, a an actor actor versus being just like, oh, I did the – you know, he made the Twilight movies. And I think basically Twilight. he was a young actor, took the Twilight movies, and then they became a giant thing and almost ruined his career because ever – Well, if if you want to have fun – Go look up on YouTube any video of Robert Pattinson talking about Twilight because he seems to just be like, yeah, these movies aren't great, but at least I got paid. Um, kind but of about like in the last couple of years, he's it. done like um, Good Times where he is unrecognizable. I watched like I saw the trailer and all of a sudden they're like Robert Pattinson. I was like, the Twilight guy? And I had to go back and rewatch it and I was like, oh, he's the star of the movie. He's unrecognizable. And then he just continues to con- make movies where you had have no idea who he is. Uh, High Life, um, The Lighthouse. He's going to be in the – he's one of the stars of the Tenet movie, the uh, Christopher Nolan movie coming in. Like he's got a career that I think really emulates uh, what Leonardo DiCaprio had. Like Leonardo DiCaprio did some really good movies – before Titanic, got the stigma of Titanic on him, but then continued to can make really good movies. Paul, one of your favorite movies, Catch Me If You Can. Uh, I think he's he's phenomenal in that movie. It's one of his best acting roles, and that's a great movie. I think Paul shook his head because it has Tom Hanks in it. Well, that's why John brought it up and. Catch Paul, me you've, talked, you've talked. You've talked a lot it's, about how good Catch Me If You Can is. You talk a lot about it. This really good movie because it's uh, an economics movie. <laughs> Catch about, Me If You Can is a movie that I would yeah, forget right. about if you didn't bring it up as much as you did about how much you like it. <sighs> so, uh, yeah. but I think Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I think he's going to be really good in this. I think the things that they show in this trailer, like he still has the eye makeup on when he takes his mask off. I think there's lots of little mm-hmm. things in this, and it's only 25% quote-unquote done, but I think they do a lot of really good things mm-hmm. in this to get me, who was already signed on for this. There's, they're saying like four scenes. Four se- they pulled this trailer yeah, for I, four I, scenes. I think it's got to be more than that. If you like, I, I know that's like what they're saying, but like the the penguin stuff, 
the him riding his motorbike up to the quote unquote like what looks like the mm-hmm. bat cave um the scene where he's brought in to talk to he he's walking through all the police with uh captain gordon yeah. there to look at the crime that he wanted to well, talk i have a th- i have a thing to say uh because they're selling this movie it's like no it's batman year two like this is him still learning but you know the gcpd's accepting him like gordon's like welcome welcoming him into the crime scene it's like no like here's what we got going on like take a look at it and kind of building and first of all like i was kind of down this movie because like when i see robert pattinson i just think of him from like those franchises that i know him from where he was cedric diggory and then he was Edward the Vampire from Twilight, which was terrible. And he knows that, and he recognizes it. He acknowledges it. It still happened, though. Um, but seeing him in this role where it's still at learning and kind of growing Batman, it it kind of clicked for me, finally seeing it in that mind frame, where he has a Batmobile, but it's a Batmobile where it's just like a fancy car but then he just kind of retrofitted the back end of it where it has a jet engine on it but then they're still kind of keeping it at that ground level where it's him solving the mystery and he's going up against villains like the Riddler and the Penguin and Catwoman I think this movie's gonna be great in the way that something like Batman Begins was where it's stripping the character down just to who he is as a character while you have the Ben Affleck giant uh, dark side Desaad we didn't talk about Desaad apparently Desaad's in Justice League uh, like that big like ultra cosmic threat Batman's over in that corner and this kind of ties back into that multiverse panel where it's like no, we can tell different stories with these characters because they can still coexist. Uh, Paul, I also want to say uh, Catwoman scene, uh, funeral scene, fighting the Joker gang scene. That's three more scenes to your three that you had, so that's six. So do you want to count any more? Should I? Okay. You good? No. No, but uh, Catwoman scene could have been the Joker scene as well. Yeah, and I, I agree, <laughs> but they, like, they the things that scenes. they've shown – Definitely expands more. I'm only yeah. saying four scenes. Yeah, but you are also were the guy that was putting up his like, fingers well, counting okay, every so four scene scenes. that they said. And then being like... Well, yeah, yeah. Four scenes. You said three scenes. Four scenes. 25% of the movie shot so far. These scenes look great. This isn't like a... a oh, I'm blanking on... A movie that we saw the trailer for where it's like, well, yeah, they're not done with it yet. This trailer is not great. Black Adam. Whatever this movie is going to be, basically. <laughs> not. Oh. I was going to say, not a trailer. Fuck, John, you, you, you put me into a corner. There's no corners in the fandom. Um, I'm like, what they have so far for this movie makes me think, like, okay, no, like, they're able to get the Batman mythos 
the Batman character, like, what I'm going to get is going to be a worthy successor to that, like, that Batman Begins universe. It, it will work. Yeah, like, Nolanverse. So I have to ask, 25% done. Yes. We're, we're agreeing on that, right? Even though I put up my <laughs> fingers and I, offended John. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, just... The movie's twenty five percent done. It doesn't mean you saw twenty five percent of the movie in the trailer. Right. <laughs> and they're coming out and saying it's going to be done in twenty twenty one. It's going to be released next year. Yes. Do we believe that? Because there's seventy five percent of the movie I... still to film. But if they're going like ground level, not crazy CG, like it seems like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take a lot to have a Batman in a room just beating punks up like you don't have to do like too much i would say like it depends when they're gonna start filming again i think it's high hopes that it'll be 2021 uh and i mean see do we want to i mean colin farrell is the penguin is that pros is that prosthetics or oh yeah is it digital like i don't know how they completely changed the look of that guy you can see you can see the penguin in his eye like in his eyes and in him speaking For, i think you only see him like ice. two or it's three times deep. in the you trailer. see him like okay they just show him as a still image but and then he's in like a car driving and he's like he's like this guy is crazy yeah he's driving so I think because it had been talked about previously, it was like, oh, Colin Farrell is the Penguin. As soon as I saw that, like, still of just, like, him standing there, I'm like, as soon as you see that nose, you're like, oh, that's the Penguin. And then it clicked. I was like, oh, well, then that's Colin Farrell. And then you see him later on, and I'm like, okay, like, that that works. I think that's all just, like, real prosthetic. I think they're just, I mean, he's a canvas enough that you just put anything on that dude he's a good enough actor that hey, I, he's gonna just be able to like to work through it yeah who's the director matt reeves is the director right mm-hmm. and what else has he done uh mad max prosthetics mostly, the, right? the last what i don't mad i didn't max? see it i don't remember what it's called no didn't he do mad max I don't know what Matt Reeves has done. I'm asking because, okay, does he do CGI-focused things, or does he do mostly live-action things? Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rounders? Uh, So he did... Swingers? He did... He was... uh, These are all... Iron Man. Jan Favreau. Uh, So he did War of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Let... The the American Let Me In, uh, Cloverfield, Conviction... Miracles. He was a director on episodes of Felicity, and then it's all like TV work. Oh, he was the director. He was the director of Paul. One of your favorite movies, uh, The Paul Bearer. Oh, Schwimmer for the winner! Hey, Paul, you love David Schwimmer. I don't really. I never watched Friends. I I was told. I was growing up in a household that's like oh, Friends is Crash. For some reason, I didn't see yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, but that was George Miller. I don't know why those two names sound the same to me. Yeah. I, I, I was looking forward to this movie, and I think 
Matt Reeves had plenty. He just had plenty of time to continue to work on the script. Because this movie was, I mean, they've been talking about doing this movie for three years. I think he's not as long as Black Adam, mm-hmm. but I think he was able to continue to work on the script and perfect it enough. I think I love the look of it. I think it's got a good feel. I like Robert Pattinson as Batman. I mean, they have that great beatdown scene where they kind of show that he can be he can be Batman. And also, it is a great intimidation for the group of, like, eight guys that he then has to stand up and look at, like, you want a piece of me. But I'm interested in this world that they're building with the Riddler, with Penguin, with this Joker gang. And, like, one of the people has got, like, half a Joker face, half a regular face that makes me think that Two-Face might already... It felt very two I saw that guy in the background. It felt two-faced. You know, and I was like, all right, so maybe there's already a Two-Face. Like, are are these villains coming in because Batman's there and they're taking on these sideshow looks? Or is Batman a response to these guys that already have this? Or are they in this kind of world together? Like... It's Joel Schumacher directing the uh, Beast. He's dead, so no, he's not. Um, Wow, too soon, Paul, too soon. Well, okay, so I... Just to, like, kind of wind up to the wrap-up, out of DC fandom day one, because we have day two coming in, like, a week and a half, it won't be as big, guys. Uh, What's, like, the one thing you would have to say is, like, oh, man... This is what I can't wait for. My f- Gotham Knights. My fan... Oh, oh. No, go ahead, Paul. Your f- Gotham, Gotham Knights I, for you? I, I said... Yep, Gotham Knights for me. Because that's 2021. Yes. It, it seems like an awesome game. Co-op. If it's cross-platform and all three of us can play together... It will not be. Like... Who knows? I'm, I'll be getting a PS5 be. so I can finally go back and play all the games I haven't been able to play. So, just uh, say I'm going to say my fandom is going to be Matt Reeves' Batman trailer. My fan don't. Oh, probably the Snyder cut. The I Snyder like that. Cut. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Chris. Uh, my fan dome will definitely be the Batman. My number two, Gotham Knights, though, because that's I, I have to play that game. My fan don't Flash. I don't know. Oh, the movie. Yeah, the movie. The show's fine. Like I have nothing against the, the, the show. The movie's never gonna get made. I don't know. <laughs> the the Flash could be the new Black Adam. Like we could be getting another yeah. ten years the of build up for it. Who got- knows? Batman going to be in it because you know Ben Affleck is going to be in there and it's going to be a but worse he, version uh, of but he's, Stark and Spider-Man. He's up for it though, which is the thing because Ben Affleck like walked away from. Him. He's like, yeah, no, I'm done with Batman. But now he's he's like, yeah, yeah, got cool with yeah. it. Yeah, uh, the dump trunk full of money always helps with that. Oh, a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, uh, my, hopefully, can guys, I say my fandom. Yeah, I mean, you you lost the your pick. But the fan don't is the Batman. <laughs> Interesting. It, it, it doesn't look fun to me. I don't, it's, it's not supposed to look fun. Batman. Right. When is Batman fun? 
Uh, Batman 66. The <laughs> Batman Interstitial Speed Out, where it was uh, Batman, like the Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis, like uh-huh. looking at the flashbacks of the Batman 67. Like, is that is that a mustache? Like, that was fun. I, I think I think if anything, this Batman is going to be very reminiscent of Batman animated series. You would hope, but and I wouldn't it, it say seems. like he takes too many punches. That when he's got the villain on the ground and he the the, uh, the gang member on the ground and he punches him once and you're like, oh, he's knocked out, and then he punches like but, four okay, more it's, times. That, it's like, this, he's not a big. Batman though, like this is a Batman that's like again year two Batman. Like he's gonna take like a few more socks to get the guy. So he's like, yeah, I'm not getting back up. And again. I think, and again, right, that's intim- intimidation. He's one guy with ten guys standing in the background who could pounce. Like that's an intimidation that he's gonna look up at those guys and like who's next. And most of those guys are gonna be like, well, not me. Look what he did to Carl. Carl, no. And hey, let us know what you guys thought of DC Fandom Day 1. Uh, did we miss anything? I know we didn't talk about Venus Williams' athletic line that she has coming out. Because that was another like five-minute panel that they did. Uh, let us know what you're excited about. Email us over at beggingboardcast at gmail.com. Comment on any of our social media. We're over on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch? It's there. Haven't done anything yet. Uh, YouTube. I did an unboxing video. It's only five minutes. Check it out. It's dumb, but it's something I'd like to do more of because it was kind of fun getting a hose on something. Uh, were those on Twitter? Or on YouTube? What? Where, where? It, that was on YouTube, oh. but I posted about I'm, it on I'm Twitter. looking forward to watching those. Oh, I shit. saw it, and you did a good host. I got hosed, but again, I spent $10. How close can you be? I spent more for worse beer. But hey, you know what? Check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, rate and review us. Listen to us. Podcatcher of choice. And uh, look forward to our next episode where we will finally be talking about Firepower Number Zero, which is a whole graphic novel. <laughs>